and Matt Show, the disc golf podcast you've been looking for. Well, guys, it's episode 28, and here I am, and Nick's on the other side of the, the table right there. And uh, What up? We're getting ready to run, like I said, episode 28. We've got some special things planned out for tonight. Um, it's not very often that we have um, a very... Uh, I would say long time, uh, longest time that we've known this person out mm -hmm. of any of the guests we have on. Mm -hmm. That's how I was trying to think of how to say it. I'm like, yeah. we've, we've known this person the longest of all of our guests. Yes. Um, somebody who's already been on the show way back, probably, mm -hmm. what was it? Episode what? Ethan? I think two or three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably it, episode two, I think, actually. It was a bunch of favorites. Like, yeah. but people loved it. Yeah. Um, so let's just say it's going to be Hannah Macbeth. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to send her a message today, and I couldn't find her in my contacts. And I'm like, "Why? Oh, croak! Oh yeah, it's still, <laughs> it's was, still yeah. in my phone That's as funny. Hannah Croak. So yep. <clears throat> it actually isn't mine as well. It's Hannah E. Croak. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's fun. Well, just yeah. to be fair, I don't only do that to her. Like even my sister and everyone else who's gotten mm -hmm. married. It's just like they keep their names. Yep. And anyways, Hannah Macbeth. Everybody will be on the show tonight. Um, Nick, I forgot last week to say something that was so cool that happened to me or happened that I was around. Mm -hmm. So we do something called New England Team Challenge. You're part of that as well. Yep. COVID is a little different. Everyone formed uh, different teams. But ultimately, if anyone's interested, maybe we'll do a little segment on this in the future. But what it is, is where courses create teams. And so then because of that, you do have home teams, you have away teams, and then there's divisions, you know, A, B, C, D, E, however many people want to play. Mm -hmm. And I think there's over a thousand people in New England right now. Throughout the whole New England team challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's a definitely lot. over a thousand. So it's, it's a lot of people that participate. It's a really cool experience, but here's what's really cool at every single challenge. That's what we call them instead of like games or mm -hmm. tournaments. Uh, at every single challenge, you get matched up against the other team individually. So, like, I go against a player in match play, and then round two, it's a doubles versus the doubles team stroke play. Mm -hmm. um, guess who I got matched up against? Um, not that you – I mean, you might have an idea. Who did you play? We played a team uh, called – I think it's like technically it was Flint Hill or Mountainside. So the Mountainside Crane team. Hill. Right. It was it was yeah. it was like a formed COVID yeah. team, but I don't know who. So it was PDGA number forty-four. Now, if you go, yeah, Nick's wow. face was like just really yeah. surprised there. If you go look that up on the PDGA, which you're on the show right now, PDGA number four is a guy named Davis Johnson. Now, Davis Johnson, um, very Long-time disc golfer. I'll put it that way. Long-time disc golfer. So he um, has world records, like distance world records back before disc golf. Like he was throwing um, like lids. Yeah. And I asked him, I'm like, so like what disc golf disc did you start with, et cetera, yada, yada. He says the arrow. Mm -hmm. And Nick, I made a fool of myself. I said, oh, like, like uh, is that the aerobie disc? Like the arrow? Like mm -hmm. isn't, that, isn't that one of the aerobie discs? I feel like I thought it was. It's like that weird bevel, yeah. like super chiseled bevel yeah. edge. So <laughs> I was like, I just made a fool of myself. He's like, no, like I'm thinking, uh -huh. yeah, it probably wasn't around yeah. back then. He's like, no, it was like it was like one of the end of us like first discs. And I'm like, oh really? Arrow. So I look it up later, mm -hmm. and Arrow is technically, if anybody knows this trivia question in here, um, the Arrow was the original eagle, eagle mold. So it was called the arrow, and I guess technically, I don't want to say later became, but that's what it was, the eagle. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, 
that was like the first disc golf disc he used. But where I'm going with the story is I was like, you know, I'm Nick and Matt show. I'm Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do an interview while we're playing? And I was matched up against him match play. Yeah. And I knew going into this, I cannot like project on him that he's not a good player. Like he's mm-hmm. been playing a long time. He's an old guy, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he has skill. Like I can't sleep on him. Yeah. The guy throws lighter weight, flippy plastic, because that's what obviously he came into the sport doing. Mm-hmm. And he purees lines like I just knew I was going to have to play a really good game. Yeah. Just puree through the woods. Um, I'll just put it this way. I ended up beating him by like one, one or two after yeah. 18 holes in match play. It was it was not a very um, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a blowout. Yeah, it wasn't a blowout victory. <laughs> but here's the one That's cool fun. thing. One last cool part of that story, because when you're with him, I'm like, man, we got to get you on for a show interview. Yada, yep. yada. I asked him, like, you know how long have you been playing the history? And he said, Matt, he's like, I played the first ever PDGA or I should say first disc golf tournament ever on a course with baskets. Like the first tournament with disc golf baskets Mm -hmm. ever he played in. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you played in the first tournament with baskets ever. Like that's who I was going against number 44. And the history, as I understand it, to wrap up this story was that Ed Hedrick, right? Mm-hmm. The the father of disc golf, mm-hmm. the inventor of the frisbee. He sent out like a hundred invites to like join the PDGA when he and so obviously this guy Davis Johnson was one of those. Was one of those. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Hey, my team captain on there, Jeff yeah. Yetter. He's you like you two, two up. up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might have actually been three. Uh, Jeff would know. Might have been three up. I might have won yeah. the last hole, but there you go. So long story short, that was a very cool experience for me, and he's somewhat local. I found out like. Yeah, within an hour and a half of here. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have them in one day. Yeah. post be a bad idea. Yeah, post-COVID. <laughs> so, Nick, you've had a busy week, but you're back here, not in Virginia. Yep, I'm still not in Virginia. I'll be back down there in two, two and a half weeks or so. I'll be back down. And then uh, the start of the tour kind of like starts up in Vegas. I'm going out to Vegas with a bunch of friends and then Arizona and then Waco, Texas. So hopefully all those things I heard that the uh, PDGA actually just put out a little COVID article dealing with. We're definitely going to touch on that. Everything going on. I actually I haven't been able to read it yet since I've been driving around. Don't all you day. worry. But no. yeah, if we go through it, then that'd be perfect because <laughs> I got to know what the heck's going on for Vegas. And uh, so, but yeah, it, because we're going to talk about so much with Hannah, by the way, Hannah's in the green room. And so listening to Nick, he's like, I'm coming back. She's like, no, he's not. <laughs> I'm kidding. She's not saying that. Um, but uh, yeah, real quick, because we aren't going to bore Hannah with this topic. Let me just read uh, real quickly. It says here, uh, more or less, because I, I, I already read it. <laughs> the 2020, this is issued, same statement by the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour, more or less. Um, they think that the pandemic is getting worse and I'm not here to say yes or no. I'm just saying their opinion. And so they think that starting up, it's going to be what they consider a phase one, which last year they said, great job, disc golf pro tour. You've done everything great, but we think it's still in a bad situation and disc golf pro tour agrees phase one. That means no caddies. That means no spectators, um, things of that nature. Like we saw a lot of last year. The other interesting takeaway from that, Nick, is that, um, the Disc Golf Pro Tour, in partnership with um, the PDGA, is managing the COVID uh, procedures and the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I'd say the management of it. Um, when I read that, I was a little bit, I don't want to say surprised. I think I was um, happy for the sport. But it's interesting that the PDGA has said, 
Disc Golf Pro Tour, you did such a great job. How about you do it for us? Because they're doing it at national tour events too. Yep. The Disc Golf Pro Tour is managing national tour event pandemic policies. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Which they did an incredible job last year, and I was fortunate enough to play a decent amount of the Pro Tour events, especially towards the East Coast. And um, every single time, they were very upfront with everything. They're pretty strict on everything. And from what I heard this year, they're going to be even more strict on making sure that everyone is following the rules. You know, people are going to be punished if you're breaking the rules and everything like that. So I think during the times that we're in right now, it's good to have those strict rules so that we can still compete and, you know, play the game that we love. People will be able to watch disc golf. There's a ton of disc golf going on this year. But if COVID spikes into an insane amount and that stuff gets halted, like we want to make sure that we're not a contributing factor to that. So, yeah. And so I reached out to Jeff Spring um, via text message and just asked him, what is that partnership actually about? And he says more or less, um, let me just kind of read it here. It's an element of our partnership. We are aligning policies in preparation for the season. And it made more sense to be or for consistent administration. I would say definitely from the player's perspective, it's going to just streamline everything because it's not different at national tour versus disc golf pro tour. Yeah. Same thing. Um, I kind of said, it sounds to me like the disc golf pro tour is, you know, doing the lifting here um, for what the, the PDJ doesn't want to do. Yeah. And that's the, that's the hot take side of me. And Jeff ultimately said there are benefits involved in both sides. And then he kind of went on to say he's not at liberty to really discuss much beyond that, but they're mm -hmm. pleased to serve this role and provide consistency for touring and regional pros alike. And we will have them on the show probably when they announce the all-star weekend, like officially, like what it's going to look like. Yep. That'd be a great guest. Yeah, yeah, not for sure. Which they just announced it's being pushed back to February 20th. As opposed to it was going to be January originally. Now it's got pushed oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, I knew we'll that. talk about that. But without further ado, I think it's time we bring in our guest of the evening. Absolutely. You, you agree? All right. I agree. <laughs> All right. Let me make sure we got our audio. Uh, I want to really quick. Um, there was oh, a guy named oh. Green. Uh, Green JD or something like that. He donated $10. We want to say we really appreciate that. Green <laughs> T1D. And he said, Nick, how about a Lake Marshall click uh, trip? And I do plan on eventually getting out there when I'm back in Virginia. That's in northern Virginia, I'm pretty sure. And I've heard incredible things. So, yeah, eventually I'll be up there. All right. So Without further ado, though, let oh, us bring in. We're just going to make her full screen right yeah. now. Boom. There she is. Hannah oh. Mick Beth. How's it going, Hannah? Great. So um, you're down there in Virginia. Nick's going to be doing the show out of your basement some point here in the future. We're just testing Internet. That's the whole reason we had you here. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so Wait, am I on a delay? You you're gonna feel like you are if you just look at yourself on our our feedback oh, to you. No. Don't don't look at yourself. Oh, look at no. us. Right? My wait. Can you just have you two as my screen? <laughs> well, then nobody would see you. That's that's the problem. Nobody Hold on. I think you. I can. I'm gonna like put a. It's gonna drive me nuts. I'm gonna put a okay. piece of paper up. So Hannah is um oh, not used to our load. Yeah, you put up the paper, and then yeah. nobody can see you. Um. So just ignore. <laughs> ignore yourself somehow don't look at the screen um so uh with that being said you're missing out on some snow up here right now did you guys get any snow down in virginia yet no it snows and then it rains and it's the worst okay it never stays um no. so do you want it to stay do you like do you miss the snow well i mean it's really nice that we can go play disc golf whenever we want that's a huge blessing but it's annoying when 
you have a dog that loves the snow so much and then it never snows. Sad. So tough time for the dog. <laughs> so so Nick came back up here um, saying how happy he was that there wasn't snow. Um, I just feel like, you know, there's mixed feelings on the snow. We're going to play judge that disc golfer later, actually soon. <laughs> but um, one of the things that uh, comes up is what people would choose as their preferred um, poor disc golf conditions. And a lot of people tend to say snow. <laughs> but I think mm -hmm. that's because we're from up here. Um, let's let's do it. Yeah, I just think it's so comfortable. So you've you've watched like our show. You've seen the segment Judge That Disc Golfer. What wind or not what wind? What poor what playing conditions, conditions? Yeah. would you choose out of uh wind, rain, and um uh wind, rain, and uh snow. snow. Thank you. Um I would choose snow. I've I've played in it so much uh growing up, like growing up my I always mess that up like starting off in disc golf in Massachusetts. So like growing up as a disc golfer in Massachusetts, you just, it's part of it. So I feel pretty comfortable playing in it. Rain is just miserable. Wind is, I've tried that too. We had a tournament one time and it was windy the entire time. I don't like that. So I would have to choose snow. Yeah. I don't know. See, I'll play in snow casually for like winter team challenge and everything, but I feel like if I had to choose between wind or rain, it depends. Is it like tornado winds or a torrential downpour? <laughs> like that's, that's kind of like where it comes about. Cause I actually, I don't always, I don't mind playing in the rain all that much. If you, yeah. you know, have an umbrella, you have the right gear and enough towels and everything like that. But the mm -hmm. playing in the wind sucks. Cause it's just sometimes like yeah. you can kind of see what's going on, but like, it's really unpredictable at the moments. Man, so, I, I thought about it I earlier. Did. Rain, yeah. I'm definitely nixing rain. Like, do not, like, I actually just played in it this last weekend during a team challenge event again. Like, rain. That's also when it's cold out. Yeah, but just rain in general. If it's yeah. raining, like, okay, I know US DGC was pretty epic this year. Yeah. But when it's raining, it's just like, I don't know who struggles with that. I can't grip the disc. Like, it just doesn't happen for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, and wind. Hannah, you've been out to GBO. Uh, have you been able to yeah. play there? Hey. <laughs> what does that mean? Because it's so windy? No, 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 no. No, have you, like, have you played the tournament? <laughs> yes, have you played the tournament? Like, have you been I able know, to play? Guys, yeah, she's just busting. I giving him a hard time. That was just super funny. <laughs> um, yes, I played that tournament. I actually really liked it. I played it a couple years ago. I think it was 2019. And Eric McCabe had just designed a new course layout at the golf course. I don't remember what the golf course is called, but, um, and a lot of people complained, but I actually was one of the ones that really liked it. So, hmm. um, it was pretty windy, but it's just, I mean, yeah, it's just a different game. Like, you know, you choose maybe the same shot, but a different disc. Um, so if you're used to that and you train for that, then it's no problem. What if, what if I was to add this element? So we say like the different uh, like conditions for playing a tournament. What if I was to add in like extremely cold as one of those options? So I'm talking like eh, zero degrees or colder, like um, extremely cold. Would that change anybody's like, would you choose to play in the cold? Like, ouch, I think. I absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I hate playing. Like no cold. snow. Like no, no snow, I'm saying. And Heck cold. No. Yeah, no. Okay. But, well, no, really quick. No. So uh Hannah, you can kind of see the comments going through a little but bit. Brody Smith just commented and said, just coming 
to say hi because I was told to by Hannah on Twitter. Oh, sweet so, word up. He saw, he saw your tweet. How come I have never, and this is bad on me, how come I have never really done the Twitter thing? Like, I've been there, I have oh. an account, but, like, it's just not me. What, Hannah, you're, yes, you're on Twitter, Twitter quite a bit. What do you use it for mainly? This called Twitter is the best. Okay. I love the community on Twitter. Some of you, um, and you know who I'm talking about, you would try to get into trouble on my tweets, and you try to start trouble. But for the most part, it's just a, it's just a really fun community on there of people and I think my favorite thing is the reactions to all of my embarrassing stories and all of the antics that I get up to. So yesterday was Wednesday and I tweeted, Are we, am I the only one who wakes up on trash day? And now I'm going to butcher it, you guys, because you're putting me on the spot. But I was like, am I the only one who wakes up on trash day and thinks like, oh, crap. And has to run up the driveway like carrying my trash bin, or is it only me and Paul every Wednesday? <laughs> and just the amount of people who can relate to it. And then I told like some outrageous story that happened to me at the store the other day. But I just I love just tweeting out my random thoughts or my random um, disc golf opinions, and then mostly embarrassing stories that happen to me while we're on tour. Um, if you scroll. Back in my Twitter, there's a couple from Worlds when it was in Georgia. And I just remember there were so many unfortunate things. Like Georgia Worlds was really, really tough. Um, it was super hot. It was super humid. There was like all of a sudden a huge thunderstorm that blew through and everybody had to like go into this tiny building. That was sick. And everyone was like little sardines. It would never happen now. Yeah. Like it's, it feels so weird. But um, yeah, so I tweeted about that. And then I was on Discmania at the time. And I remember Simon was putting and I was standing in a pile of fire ants. <laughs> and I could not take one for the team. I had to yell. I had, and like poor Simon is just literally trying to putt at Worlds. And here I am just like, you know, brushing ants off frantically, like in the background. And like, finally, um, after all of that, I'm like, Paul's playing with Nate Doss. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, you know, this is so cool. It's like Nate Doss. Like, oh, my gosh. And uh, there was like a, some weird bug or something like on my leg, crawling up my leg. And Nate Doss comes from behind me and puts like grabs a towel and like gets the bug off my calf, like the back of my calf. And is like, I was like, what's that? Like, that was my only interaction with him for that day. Right. And he, I'm just like, what's that? And he's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I'm like. It was so like, <laughs> but yeah. 2017 worlds. So I tweet about all that. That's yeah. why I share it. Cause if you share it on Instagram, it's like, okay, pics or it didn't happen. And I can't just like talk about it. Right. You know? So I'm way better at Twitter than I am. Any of the other social medias. Yeah. I rarely tweet. I just like Twitter. Cause you can just see what's going on in everyone's life. And that's <laughs> so fun. So I'm missing out. Maybe I'll jump over there a few times. Uh, I think I'd have to be friends with a lot of disc golfers on Twitter, though. Or do I just look up hashtags? Listen to me. I'm like 35. Oh, you just yeah, yeah, yeah. You just follow. You just follow the people that you like, and then, um, yeah, and then you just go from there. You just figure it out. All right. So a few topics we thought we'd involve you in before we get to uh, judge that disc golfer. And then we got something really cool we're gonna do with you. Do you want to tease that out there? What's that? What's that uh, thing we're gonna do? Yes. So I wanted to come on the show to talk about, um, you know, just to hang out with you guys and catch up and talk about some stuff. 
But uh, one of the things I wanted to do was something Christine Jennings and I did on our podcast that came out this week on the Disc Golf Network. And our podcast is called The Party with Hannah and Christine. So if you're a Disc Golf Network subscriber, it's there available for you. Um, and we did the Disc Golf Pro Tour Class of 2020 Superlatives. And I was really disappointed because I think it was Ulti World that every year they would sort of do a superlatives, right? Like it was always like, oh, best dressed or like best putt, you know, best finish, most popular, whatever. And um, nobody really did anything like that this year. Uh, I get that it was kind of a strange year, but Christine and I just wanted to bring back that classic superlatives list for any of those who, of you who went to like public high school or just like high school in general. Um, and so I have a list of our superlatives and we did the FPO on our podcast. So I wanted you, Nick and Matt, to do the MPO. So I'm going to ask you those props and then you guys are going to give me your best answer. I can't wait. For sure. We can definitely uh, do that. And I think that was really exciting and, and a great idea by you guys to do that. Uh, I say you guys. I hope you don't mind, you know, you you awesome. Uh, I- no, no, no. You guys is such a Massachusetts thing. I was going to say, it's, it's very like, New Englandish <laughs> to say you guys. Yeah, I have to get you, used to everyone down in Virginia saying y'all. Y'all. You don't have to. You I will. I will. Y- y'all. Okay. Um, so that is where we're heading. But let me get, before we get to that, um, did you see the cool update slash release by um, uh, Udisc? Map my shot. Have you seen that? They just released it this week. Anybody? Nick? Oh, Hannah. yeah. I kind of oh. breezed over that really quick. They were talking about actually getting distances and everything like that for Pro Tour events and everything. Well, yeah. Yes and no. Um, what I saw it to be. Oh, like, oh. What I saw it yes, to be okay. was like part of like the average player out there scoring their round. Um, it's I don't know how much it will get used. I think it's a very cool feature. Mm-hmm. You can literally do your whole round where every shot went. So, like, not only oh, are you sweet. saying, like, oh. I threw it, OB, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Now you could say, I'm standing at my shot, and then you just hit a button, and it says it maps out your whole round. That's so then. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So then, Hannah, you know how people will say often, like, hey, you know, there's no pictures on the scorecard. Well, eventually. <laughs> I say that all the time. Eventually, it looks like UDISC will say you can choose to share yeah. the picture or not, where it will actually show how you threw each hole. So that's kind of cool. Oh, no. Well, now we're going to see. I like that. That's cool. <laughs> now we're going to see the amateur players parking the 600 foot hole at certain courses because they'll just click that they're 20 feet away from the basket bro oh my gosh Carl that's, gonna, that's gonna be what <laughs> I'm just kidding. that's making me laugh because hannah we'll see people and i'm sure you see it too we're not here to hate but we see people use the udisc measuring app and somehow some way they're throwing like 500 550 feet and like sharing that image on social like hey i just reached 550 now I'm not here to say they didn't, but it's extremely hard to do. And it's hard for me to take UDISC GPS and not knowing elevation and all of that to take it seriously. But I want people to keep trying. So I'm not, I'm not knocking people. It's yeah. just it's just amazing uh, how many pros we have on that say like that's very, very that's Simon. Yeah. Simon was like, it's hard. to It's hard to tap 500. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. That was the UDISC update I just saw. Um what do you think about, uh, before we, we're almost there, a couple more minutes, we'll get to judge that disc golfer. Um, what do you think about the disc golf pro tour, um, hiring? Like they are on like a hiring spree, Nick. Have yeah. you seen any of that? Yeah. I've seen a ton of people getting 
hired by them. So Hannah, have you been hired? No, okay. Hey, they're looking. <laughs> they're looking for people to hire, and I always think, man, I have something to offer, but no, I'm not gonna do that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, although that being said, do we know? Does anybody know? Do we know what they're getting paid? I mean, that's they're putting out all these like, yeah. come work for us things, and next thing you know, they've got like. 20 people working for them. So. Yeah, they've done a ton of new hires this year no for idea. Yeah, for all different positions and then I think one of the latest things that I saw recently was they're even looking for like local representatives. So people, you know, for the MVP Open, they need help during that event and for Smugs and Vegas and everything like that. So they're also looking for local people to help them out. So I think it's just kind of cool they're kind of branching out to everyone. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a tremendous testament to probably I guess how you would say last year went. I would have to believe that through the success during a pandemic year, that there's a very bright future for the disc golf. Like I already thought there was, but come on, it is, it is the uh, gold standard at this point. It has improved every single year. And I think with everything and I think continuously, they're just going to make more and more improvements. So, yep. uh, We got another minute or two left here. So hold on tight, everybody. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead, Hannah. All right, so this is something that comes up quite a bit in regards to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I want you to answer honestly as a consumer of Disc Golf, because uh, you both have been consuming Pro Disc Golf for quite some time. So how important is it to you to have good commentary on coverage? Like, does that, you know, is that like icing on the cake or is that like a part of the recipe of making the cake? Are you are you talking live coverage specifically? Is that is that what you're talking about? All right. Yes. So I'm going to break this down. So it's we finally have worlds in 2021, right? And it's it's literally the bet, like you know, it's it's Paul, Ricky, uh, whoever, Eagle, you know, whoever, and they're all actually, you know what? No, let me change that. <laughs> it's Paige, Katrina, and you know Vanessa or Valerie Mandahano where Evelina and Hannah finally come down, you know, and you guys are tuning in and you're fans. Uh, Everyone's tied. There's nine holes left. It's super crazy. Everyone and their mom is watching this coverage. Okay. So you're like, Oh, I've got to get home. It's, it's Saturday. It's the final day. I I just want to, I'm at the local course and I'm, you know, reading all about this on Twitter and now I've got to get home. You turn on that coverage. How important is that commentary to you? Like say, if it's bad, are you muting it or are you turning it off? Like, so it's not you know, gonna, how important is it? If you know if it's live, it's on you know Sunday, the final day of a tournament. There's a big battle going on between an FBO card or an MPO card. It doesn't completely mm-hmm. like I won't shut off the coverage and I won't mute it if the commentary is bad, unless it's like beyond awful. But I've never heard beyond <laughs> awful commentary yet, so hopefully it doesn't happen. Okay. But um, oh, no, that's fine. I I like commentary. And obviously, I love good commentary, but it's not for me. It's not make or break to where I would shut it off. But I'll definitely, like, that'll determine whether I'll rewatch a post-round production video or there are times where I will mute a post-round production one because, I don't know, the so, commentary won't be that good. Yeah, so if you're asking, and I, I think I'm understanding it, like, is it make or break? I would say no, because I'm going to watch the event play out. Um, because they're going to show the disc golf. However, yeah. However, I it does bother me 
<laughs> does bother me to hear somebody just talking and saying, and I'll just put it this way, the John Madden, like back in the day, like, well, you see there, that's a putt. Like, it's like, okay, I, I see that's a putt. <laughs> yeah. But, and I'm, I'm not doing this because you're on the show, Hannah, but the insights that you typically bring, and I don't mean to set you up so that you feel the pressure going in every time oh, you do, don't. but the insights that you bring are what the player or the the consumer is looking for. Um, who's the, uh, I don't know how many people watch the NFL. I don't really care, but who's the uh, commentator? I'm totally brain freezing. Tony Romo. I love him. He's actually a very intellectually sound commentator. commentator. Yes. Yeah, because he, he played the game at a very professional level. Like he wasn't the best, but he was a great player back in his prime. And he is able to bring what he knew from the field into the commentary, which I think if you have yeah. the person who is a very good commentator for the game itself, but then you have that person who just knows all the stats, knows what a, um, a quarterback is thinking in that moment. That's like, what's I think incredible. That's really cool. Yeah. So here's I, where I'm going. Actually liked him. I'm trying to make like a, a kind of a solid like response to your question. Mm -hmm. So if I have a game up, and I'm just going to say it, where and this year was totally different for me with the pandemic and the NFL. I, I'm just going to yeah. say it. I still like Tom Brady, but the Patriots, where I'm from, I just wasn't as into the NFL Go in general. Tampa Bay now. Yeah. But here's <laughs> here's where I'm going. If the Patriots are playing. Um, I'm probably going to watch that no matter who the commentator is because that's the team I'm most interested in. No, 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 but disc golf. Right, but I'm trying to give you a kind of a scenario here. Okay, so then okay. if um, I have two games going at the same time and they're both not home team favorites, if you will, it's not like the Patriots or whoever, right, whoever your home team is, I am going to choose personally to watch the one that has the, bo the, the better commentary. Um, which mm -hmm. in this case would be like a Tony Romo, for instance. Okay. So um, I guess what I'm saying is if I'm going to watch disc golf, does commentary fully matter? Um, I don't have a choice at this time, but if there was different, if there was different um, tournament coverage at the same time, mm -hmm. this is where I'm getting to. It would have a potential. I would choose. I Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I just switched the screen to everyone who's watching our podcast live. You're seeing right now on screen, Hannah Macbeth on her shoulder. There is uh, Paul Macbeth. And if I'm not mistaken, um, th a person that I've never met in person, Bob Julio. Is that correct? Bob Julio. <laughs> yep. Wicked awesome. Dude. <laughs> Good. So, yeah. So let's just let you, cause they don't believe they're listening on the podcast, driving around the car. They don't believe me. So, so Paul, just give a shot. Say, Hey, I'm Paul Macbeth, PDGA. No, no. <laughs> That's Paul Macbeth. It's a PM hat over there. I'm Bob Julia with the Discraft. <laughs> with the Discraft. <laughs> You're the team manager. I gotta say this really quick because Brody asked me a question. He said, "Don't I follow golf at all? Uh, I do casually, but I don't know the commentaries well enough." I think one of my favorite things about golf commentary is because when a player is about to hit a drive, hit an upshot, or, or hit an iron or putt, the commentaries are completely silent which I really appreciate because then it makes you feel like you're in the moment. And I know that the player cannot hear the commentary, but they stop when they're actually doing something. But to <laughs> kind of fully answer your question, Brody, I don't know golf commentary all that much. So I can't, I can't say whether I like it or hate it. But. So, so hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. You, you definitely, you can't please everyone. Nick, with are we missing any other guests in the show right now? We have, the 2020 DGPT uh, Pro Tour champion, Haley King, in our midst now. Okay. Whoa. 
let me say this to and we we're gonna try to let everybody at least have a voice here in just a second. I, I'm assuming the microphone in the room will work. But for those again listening post, some of you have to do that based off your work schedules. But if you ever come and join us live, you can actually hang out and see people on screen, um, get in the chats, let us know what you're thinking. All right, so here's the deal. It's 7:35. We're a little well, we're kind of on schedule. We're gonna play a game called Judge That Disc Golfer. I believe. I believe Haley, Haley, did you play this game with us? Okay, hold on. Holding on. I'm sorry. Grapes. I'm eating grapes. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna leave because I've already played this game. Okay. What? And these guys are gonna play, but we can't all talk at the same time because we don't have headphones in. So I'm muting us. They're gonna mute when they're not talking. Okay. So just so you know. Okay, gotcha. But they can they can hear me talking. Yes, they can hear. They can hear. Yes. Okay, we understand. So you guys are in control of your mute there. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into this game. I believe thumbs up, Haley. Haley, have you played this game with us? Thumbs up. Have you played this game, Haley? Can she hear us? Yeah. Maybe. No. I can't hear them. They're muted right now. Thum no, she hasn't. Okay, oh, she okay. has not played it. Okay, Paul has played it. Bob has not played it. Um, here is the simple version for those of you just jumping in or it's your first time on the show. Um, we interview a random disc golfer on the course, and usually it's at Maple Hill, and that's where we found this player. And we ask him questions to get to know him, and then we're just going to pause it for everybody, uh, our, our chat room, our guests here on the show, Bob, Haley, and Paul. And we're going to ask you um, what you think the player is going to answer. Not what you think is the truth, <laughs> what you think the player is going to answer. So let's go ahead and uh, pull this up and we're gonna start this game out here. So listen. Judge that disc golfer. The game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. All right, man, my name's Matt. This is the Nick and Matt show. And what's your name? I'm also Nick. Not of the Nick and Matt show, of course. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so right now, this is Nick and Matt. This is Nick and Matt. Judge that. This is mind blowing to me, and I hope all of our listeners and subscribers right now are enjoying this content. <laughs> so, how long have you been playing disc golf before? Uh, I'm in my second year now. Second year? Yeah, just uh, just around. Yeah. Just around your second year. Yep. And so, um, have you played any competitions before? I have not. No. Okay, no competitions. Um, I'm trying to figure out a little bit about you, but I don't want to ask all the questions yet. Sure. Um, how many birdies do you feel like you might get in a round? Oh, man. Four would be a, a, a good round for me, okay, I think. Okay, four birdies. At the home course. You know, if I'm someplace else, just try to avoid the blow-ups. Okay. Well, let's just jump right into it. Then, sure. Okay. So how far can you throw a disc? Okay. So that's how this game is played. We say, how far can you throw a disc? And I've adjusting the rules just slightly nick i didn't talk to you about this the rules are going to be and we'll go around we're going to let everybody play paul haley bob nick okay mm -hmm. you can choose the same answer as somebody else that is a new rule all right you can do it that it you're only going to do that if you really think it's the right answer yep okay it, it, because you want to get points and you gotcha, don't want to gotcha. let it get away. All right. The chat room's going crazy. Everyone's saying anywhere from 275 to 310. I think that's the highest we're, or 325 we're seeing out there. Um, so let's go ahead and open it up. We're going to make Nick go first. Then we'll turn it over to the guest room there. And then you guys can just go around the room so you don't have to keep muting and unmuting. All right. Kinda, go ahead, Nick. I kind of like 275 feet. I think that's a pretty good one. 
275 feet. All right, we're going to pass it over. And I know because we talk, if we're talking and you're muted, so we're just going to unmute it, let you guys go around the room. All right, go ahead. All right, I'm, uh, I'm thinking 380. Russia. <laughs> Internet distance. People lie about their distance. So that's, what oh, I think. that's true. I was thinking like 320. Hmm. I, I'm going to go way low. I'm going to go 230. What? <laughs> Paul's a savage. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, I'm going to have to refresh. Nick, you're going to have to remind me. Well, I was going to say, we should kind of like... If we're gonna, if it's gonna be three against one right now, they should come to a consensus. Three against one. And no, no, no. It's not three against one. Tonight, it's just gonna see who wins. All right, all right, all right. So here we go. go Let's see what he answers, and then we'll just. Everyone's gonna have to remind me. I was gonna say the the chat will keep up and see who's the closest. (laughs) Yeah, the chat lets us know. Here we go. Let's let's play it out. Three hundred's probably my best poke. Okay, three hundred feet. All right, cool. Okay, so already, see, I forget who guessed. You said two seventy five. I said two seventy five. I think Haley said three twenty. No, nope. Yep, three twenty. So who won that over there? Let us know. Haley. Haley was closest out of all of us. Yeah. So I think that's the win. Okay. Yeah, so Haley's got one. Haley's got one point. She's man. She's just winning as of late. That's what she does. She just wins. Okay. Here we go. Um, question number two to Nick, not of the Nick and Matt show. <laughs> Here we go. Um, how many aces do you have? Okay. So we asked him how many aces. Do you have? Um, now we're going to start with um, the Macbeth household there. But we're going to start with you guys. So go around the room, let us know. How many aces do you think he says he has? I'm guessing three. Two. I think zero. Okay. So uh, oh. Paul says three. Haley says two. Bob says zero. I'll go one. Okay. And <laughs> Nick goes one. So we've got zero, one, two, three. All right. Let's go ahead and pull it up and see what his answer is. Zero aces. Zero aces. Okay. Um, Okay, so zero aces it is. So now if my my, my stats are correct, Haley with one, Bob with one. They've got a tie over there so far. All right, let's go ahead and jump into question number three. If I was to give you $1,000 or you would get your first ace today, which would you choose? So wait, you're you, $1,000 to get my first ace no, today? No, I'll give you $1,000 or you can get your first ace today. Which do you choose? Okay, so I don't know how often we've asked that question, but that's, that's kind of a newer question. Yeah. So um, we're going to go um, to the... We're, no, we're going to go back and forth between their house yeah. and here. So Nick, you get to answer uh, first here. What's your answer on... Will he take 1000 or will he yeah. go, take I, his first I gotta ace? I'm going to go. He's going to take 1000 bucks right now. Okay, Nick, this is not what you would do. <laughs> no, no, oh, I know. I would definitely take a thousand bucks. But uh, okay, so Nick says he's going to take the money. So again, it's one or the other here. So we'll go around the room over there in the Macbeths. I think he's taking the ace. Okay, Haley says the ace. I'm going ace. Money, money for sure. Okay, thank you, thank you Bob. So, <laughs> so Nick and Bob answer money. Paul and Haley say ace. Let's go ahead and uh, see what he answers with. Oh, I, I take a thousand bucks. Who are you know bird in the hands worth two in the bush, right? That's what they say. All right. <laughs> I've, okay. never, I've never heard that. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, as he would say. So Bob, I believe, is leading Bob two. Has two. And Haley has one. Everyone else zero. Is that correct? I, no? I have one. Now. Oh, Nick has one. So so far, <laughs> the guy that's trailing, who you do not want to ever have trail, Paul Macbeth. 
is uh, ready, just waiting. He's to out of his element right now, though. Okay. He's ready to strike. Here we go. Question number four. Let's pull it up, and here we go from Nick. All right, awesome. Where, where does that dollar limit stop? $100 or your first ace today? Ooh, I followed it up with another very like, like question. I said, where does that stop? Would you take $100 or your first ace? So is he going for the ace, or is he going to still take the money? Um, we're going back over to the Macbeth's house. Go for uh, he'll take the ace on the on no, this no, no. one. How much money? No, 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 no. no, no. no. So right, right now it's a hundred or zero. Yeah, we hundred dollars or the ace. I was asking. Yeah, I was asking where it stopped. So I said, would you take a hundred dollars now, or will you take the ace? He's no. gonna take the ace. Yeah, okay. he's taking the ace now. Hundred bucks. Yeah, he's taking the ace. All right, I'm convinced he's going ace. I need a point here. No, he's <laughs> he's he's going hundred bucks. He wants another Yankee sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Nick is the odd man out here. Let's see what he says. Oh, I'm going out. So I, so I, so the ace is negated if I do throw it on the course, right? Or yeah, I just know that I don't exactly. throw it. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, for a hundred, I'm probably going to uh, stimulus taken into account. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take. I'm going to take my chances out there on the course. Awesome. Oh, that's so funny to me. <laughs> he goes taking Freaking the stimulus, stimulus checks. <laughs> Taking the stimulus into account, I'm going to like forego the money and I'm going to go for the ace. So that being said, everyone in the Macbeth house just got a point. So Paul is now on the board. One, Bob with three, Haley with two, two. Nick with one. Yeah. Uh, so we got one, two. No. Okay. Never mind. We've got ties at the bottom placement there. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, I forget what question is, but I think it's question five. Let's go ahead and get it up there. Okay, um, and real quick, this is not one of the questions for the game, but sure. you have New York Yankees on. Yes. Right, are you from here? Or? I'm from Western Massachusetts. Okay, you're from Western Mass. Yeah. And you're a Yankees fan. I am. All right, we're, we're canceling the show now. <laughs> totally kidding. Awesome to uh, have you out here. Um, let me ask another question sure. for you. If, do you have any disco or do you have any tattoos in general? I do not. I have zero tattoos. Okay, so zero tattoos, but let's assume you had this epiphany and you're going to go get a tattoo and it's going to be a disc golf tattoo. Okay. okay. Um, I'm going to give you some options. You can either get an individual basket. Okay. Okay. You can get a basket with the putter hitting the front rim. Okay. That's been deemed the doink putt. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, or you can get the old cartoon Tasmanian Devil 360 drive. Okay. Okay. Um, or you can get a cool disc golf race, something like grip it and rip it or death putt or anything else you can come up with. Wow. Which of those tattoos are you going to choose? Okay, so we gave him four options of tattoos. You just heard him. If you need me to repeat, I can. But in general, it's the single basket, the doink putt, the Tasmanian devil, or the disc golf phrase, any phrase you want. All right, uh, we're going to Nick. Yeah, I got to go. He's going to get a doink putt. He's going to get the doink yeah. putt. All right, so we're handing it over to the Macbeth house. Haley, Bob, Paul, what do you guys think? He's going to go with a phrase, probably something like uh, he mentioned poke earlier. So I think he's going to get some kind of massive distance tattoo phrase. <laughs> massive distance. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to go with a single disc golf basket. Yes. That's the one. Uh, he's a Yankees fan. I would say Tasmanian Devil 360. <laughs> he's a Yankees fan. Someone said or a phrase saying... Uh, yeah, our Red Sox suck or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that could be the best, yeah. the best phrase is so funny because I've asked a follow-up question. I didn't do it with Nick today, but I've asked a follow-up question before. Where would you get that tattoo? 
And remember that one where someone said they would get a disc golf phrase and they said the phrase would be grip it and rip it. Yeah. And I said, where would you get that tattoo? And they said like on their neck. And yeah. I'm like, that's a horrible place to put grip it and rip it. Okay. So anyways, <clears throat> all right. Um, let's get on and let's see what uh, Nick has to say for his answer. What would his disc golf tattoo be? Uh, so doink is tempting, of course, because uh, it's really, it's a microcosm of my game itself. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of word tattoos, so uh, I got to go Tasmanian devil all day. All right. Which is going to be a home run for people who are watching this because they're going to, I'm going to be pegged as a Tasmanian devil guy all the way. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. Okay. Oh, that's so perfect, Bob. So congratulations to Bob. I think he's up to, is it four points? Yeah. All yeah. right. Bob's killing it. You so just give me real quick, Bob. How does the Tasmanian Devil and the Yankees go together in your mind? I think he was just living on the edge, you know, <laughs> not afraid to admit it. So, okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. Okay, um, this is the I believe the last question. I believe it's the last question. It'll come up on the screen if it is. But um, here we go. I don't think anybody has a real chance to take this away, besides Bob. So let's put it up and let's see how this goes. Okay, um, let's say you had to choose unfavorable weather conditions for your first ever competitive round. Sure. Okay, and we're going to say really windy, yep. so 20 plus mile an hour winds. Yep. Or you could have really rainy, okay. so substantial, okay? Like as in, it's, it's, you're using an umbrella and yep. it's kind of a, a real pain in the butt. Okay. okay. It's hard to stay dry. Or you can choose snowing conditions with a couple inches on the ground. Yep. What are you going to choose as your unfavorable weather? Okay, so that was not the last question. I think there's still one more after this. So um, what do you think he's going to choose for unfavorable weather? Now, Hannah, Nick, and I talked about this right prior to. Um, we have our opinions. But what is Nick here of Western Mass, the New York Yankees fan, have to say is his preference for unfavorable weather? Um, I think we're handing this they, over to yeah, Macbeths. They get the guess. All right, go ahead. Oh, you guys are muted there. Yeah, what he'd like to play. What he would like to play in? Or yes. What he would not? His, what, his he would, what he would rather play in. Snow. Haley says snow. I say rain because he's got wind and snow going on right now. I'm going to go snow. Okay. It <laughs> that's, a yeah. that's a good strategic I kinda, yeah. move. I kind of want to say snow as well, but you know, if I guess the same answer, that's no fun. So I'm going to go wind. Okay. So he is standing there, and it was very cold, and it was windy. You're not wrong, Paul. I was like, my hands were frozen. It wasn't a good time. Let's see what uh, Nick here answers. Oh, I gotta take, I gotta take the snow. I knew he was okay. Yeah, I don't want to get into a an angry because you, you know when you when it's when it's wet, you're upset. The raincoat, Ricky. Uh, look, you know what I'm talking about. So that, yeah. yeah, and then wind. You might as well just, you might as well just fire up, fire up disc golf on YouTube and watch it at home if it's, if it's that windy. The raincoat, Ricky. That is awesome. <laughs> this guy was awesome. Just totally cracking me up. He's like, when you're wet, you're angry or something. So, um, all right. So that goes to Bob. Is I think I'm correct there, right? Yeah. And Haley. And Haley. So yeah, Bob has five and Haley has three. three. Is that correct? Yep. All right, cool. All right. So again, I don't want to say this over and over, but I'm pretty sure this is the last question. So I don't think. Okay. How about this? Actually, I'm going to make this a little exciting because we do have a slight runaway. I'm going to do it with this next question. It is a numbers question. If you get the number exactly right, I'm going to give you enough to tie Bob and then we'll do a tiebreaker. 
if Bob gets it right, then he just automatically like, wins. Wait, what? <laughs> if Bob gets it right, he automatically wins. But if anybody guesses this number exactly right, you tie Bob, we do a tiebreaker. So there's a, there's a chance here is all I'm saying. All right, here we go. Final question. How many discs do you carry in your bag? Oh, too many. Okay, there was a little clue. How many discs do you carry in your bag? And he says, oh, too many. So, all right. Here we go. Uh, Nick, are you up first? Yeah. I'm going to go 24. 24. This is, yeah. is this the Powerball? Like, the, I don't know. I'm, I haven't checked my Powerball ticket today, but someone did win it. It could be me. I don't know yet. How about we use the numbers from tonight's guests? Because we've got enough guests in here. We go buy a Powerball and we split it if we win. Okay. All right. We're handing this over to Macbeths. Uh, I don't know who's up over there, but how many discs does this guy, Nick, say he has in his bag? Go for it, Bob. Uh, I'm going to say 23. I'm saying 22. I'm going big, 26. Okay. Oh, pretty close. I'm, I'm sad to tell you nobody got it exactly right, but we do have somebody getting a point. Um, let's see who that is. There's 18 in my bag right now. 18 yeah. in your bag. It's All a little right. heavy. Nick, uh, in person, Nick here, not on the show. Yes. <laughs> Nick, is there any shout outs you want to do? Anybody you want to say hi to? Well, first out, I want to shout out my buddy, Seth, uh, who helped get me into the game. He's uh plays over at Crane Hill and Wilbraham. Shout out all the Crane Hill guys. Uh, my friend, Pat, who's been my, you know, uh, my liaison to the game of disc golf. And uh, lastly, I want to shout out other Nick from the podcast because I'm coming for you. You better look out, bro. <laughs> awesome. Have a good day and safe travel. Hey, man. Thanks. Okay, that was Judge That Disc Golfer. And we have yet again, Nick, another guest winner. His name is Bob. Bob and Julio. Does he know what he just won? He won lunch from me. <laughs> Actually, but Haley did too, because technically Haley just beat me. So I owe Haley and Bob lunch now. Uh, Paul and I tied, so maybe maybe he'll be nice enough and buy me lunch. Who knows? <laughs> so Bob, yeah, no, maybe maybe Paul will make you lunch. Oh, oh, there's a trophy for Look those. That's the new Nick and Macho trophy. If you win, judge that disc golfer, you get a nice glass trophy. No, you have to win while you're in the Macbeth's house. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so congratulations, Bob. How do you feel about that? Uh, wicked awesome. Actually. I knew he was going to say wicked great. awesome. I knew <laughs> I he was going to say wicked planet. awesome. That was, um, I was unexpected. I'm not going to lie. I felt very comfortable hearing you say that, but then I was like, I don't think that's Bob's thing. Oh, so. I 100% knew he was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my thing when Nick's around. Wicked awesome, dude. Um, really quick, though, Bob, because someone was asking earlier in the chat, can you kind of explain your role with Discraft and kind of who you are? Yeah, so I uh, I basically run the disc golf side of Discraft, um, but most people know me as the team manager. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I do everything nice. That's <laughs> on awesome. the disc golf side. Anything I can help the team with, uh, I get it done. So. Okay, so here's another very very important serious question: Is I've heard your last name pronounced differently a few different times, and there was somebody who told me like adamantly. Like your last name's Julio. And I'm like, there's no way. But maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. So I need you to settle that for me. Yeah. So my uh, great grandpa, his last name was Julio to America. It was shortened to Julio, not Julio. But everybody called me Julio growing up, and I've always accepted that also as my name. So it's both. 
technically. Nice. Okay. So I forget who it was who told me that, but that is a good thing to know. I'm always like, man, if I meet him, what am I supposed to say? What's up, Bob? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Neither of them throw me off. So I, I feel like I have to keep passing it around the room there um, to every single person we have on as a guest because I tend to talk too much. But Haley, how's it going since we last talked to you? You're in the back of the room there, but uh, you can speak up. We'll hear you just fine. Going good. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I just set you up perfectly for that one. Um, what if you've been you've been traveling, throwing discs? Um, you were out getting into warmer climates. Um, what have you been mainly doing since uh, you won the tour? Um, working out and just hanging out with my buds. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And then Paul, I'm going to pass it over to you now, just because I, I I feel like I've got to go around. Um, you know, I don't know what to ask you, man. Like, how many chicken nuggets that people people slayed me for that one? They're like, why are you asking Paul Macbeth how many chicken nuggets he can eat? Um, so I got to think of something else here. Um, your favorite go-to sour candy? What do you got? Oh, well, sour strips, but I'm not. I'm on a strict diet, so I'm not going to have candy anymore. No more sweets for Pablo. <laughs> so let's just go down a little bit of the uh, sour candies. Uh, warheads. Like, where do you rank those 1 to 10 warheads? Like, the hard candy. Well, the candy, the sour candy I like is called Sour Strips. That's literally the brand name. Um, but not not a big fan of those, the war the warheads. Okay, so in general, if we're just rating candy, sour is your preference, or is it just specifically those sour strips? That's the, that's the company name, Sour Strips. Cool. Because, like, I'm into, like, anything sour. sour candy. Okay. My favorite sour candy. Yep. Okay. I so. love sour gummy worms. I love warheads. <laughs> Give me the – I went and bought – believe it or not, people are going to call me crazy right now. They're going to label me. I went and bought at the store, Paul, citric acid in the powder form, and you can sprinkle that on, like, gummy worms and make them extremely sour. So check it out. So, Paul, over at your property, you've had some cool things going on, and people have seen some little pictures, people have seen little snippets of videos going on there, but something was installed at your property lately. Can you kind of explain what it was? What Something was installed at what? The uh, Your property, your home course. Oh, yeah, my home course? Yeah. <laughs> oh the baskets were installed huh the baskets were installed are the people allowed to know this we've seen pictures you guys have been posting about it Haley said it's her number two course now what's going on over there just getting things moving finally got the baskets in um just kind trying to continue to to beat in the fairways break it in clear it out still it's probably like 80 percent done we just got to do the the simple things now of, of getting rid of all the briars and thorns and, and make it just, if you go in the rough, it's not uh what is it, Bob? How's that rough? Yeah, I was, I, <laughs> you know, I, I saw a scorecard today from their round that they had played today. And Paul did, Paul did pretty good. He, he did all right. You know, he did Paul things. Haley yeah. murdered it. Haley actually beat the first score that I ever recorded there. I shot a 66 and today she shot a 63. Was it? Do you remember what it was, Haley? Plus one. She said sixty-four. Sixty-four. Yeah. So she shot a sixty-four. And Haley, mm -hmm. well, I, you know, Bob, Bob, he got off the plane. You know, he's a little jet lagged and everything like that. So he, you know, he he shot a couple over. We don't really. He drove. 
There was no we drove, oh, he drove. drove. So his back was hurting. It's like a twelve-hour <laughs> drive. His back was hurting. It was sore. Double digits. He, sh- he yeah. shot a he shot a couple over. We don't really need to get too far into yeah. it, but um, you know, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a high number. But anyway, great score. So, What's that? yeah, he shot a great golf score. Yeah, that actually that's a good point. You shot plus one on any golf like professional <laughs> golf course. That's pretty incredible. But so without throwing yourself under the bus and and. I'll say this to Paul, and then we're going to eventually take the show back. I'll let Hannah take the show back eventually here. We asked about um, the McLaren, okay? We asked about that uh, last week, To Hunter came on the show, and Nick, and I said, yeah. which one of you has getting, gotten a ride? And Nick goes, I actually pulled it out of the garage. And Hunter's over here sulking. He's like, I've, I've seen it. But here's my question to you is, like, have you gotten it out of, like, third gear yet? Have I gotten out there? Yeah, yet? yeah. I mean, what are you doing with the thing? I mean, it's got seven seven speeds, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've gotten there. Have you got it's it like, to seven speed? Yeah, like thirty five. I can get to seventh gear. Let, let's just say it's the only McLaren getting thirty miles per gallon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how he drives. Oh, <laughs> that's excellent. Bob's hasn't driven my cars yet. What's up? Bob's just jealous he hasn't driven my cars yet. Oh, uh, well, it depends. I mean, technically, I've pulled it about 15 feet out of a garage, and that was very scary. Don't really care to do it again. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the reality is, even if even if Paul was super nice and is like, yeah, you can take it. I don't care. The reality is you're probably not going to. Like, maybe. Uh, not if he wasn't. If he wasn't coming with me, I wouldn't. All right. Um, anything you, you you have to lower it while you're driving in certain areas, and then you have to raise it in certain areas. So, like, there's a button that literally raises the vehicle up. I didn't even know cars did that. Okay. One one last question on that, Paul. What's the coolest feature about the McLaren? Like, there's got to be like one little feature that to you stands out that you're like, that's just nice. I like that. Um, one nice. I mean, it's a convertible, which is nice, but I think. Oh man, it's pretty basic. I mean, it's it's like track ready, so that's pretty cool. Like it it doesn't have much, but I have to plug it in. Oh, it's, it's a hybrid. In. Is it? No, it's not a hybrid. It just keeps it just keeps it all it keeps it all ready to go. Yeah. So. Um. Well, that's totally cool, man. Um. Congrats on that car. That's that's really a special um achievement for you to be able to obtain that. And um, I think. There's one last thing before Hannah comes back, unless anyone else has anything they feel like they need to say. But, Paul, I think you teased out a Big Z Luna. I think it was today um, or it was yesterday. But people are in the chat room right now just asking, is there any information at all on Big Z Lunas? Um, are they coming to people? It, it, what's going on with those? Uh, you said something about Big Z Luna. Sorry, Bob was talking about it. That's okay. I saw that. That's fine. Um, I I was just saying the chat room's asking, we know you made a post recently about Big Z Lunas. Uh, What's up with those? Yeah. Um, there was. Oh, there's for our podcast listeners. There's a pink ish disc. Someone screenshot that. We might be able to see the stamp. (laughs) Oh, we'll be able to freeze frame that later. Um, uh oh. But uh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, there was just a pinkish, reddish disc that just made its way across the screen. Check it out if you're listening to the podcast. Um, come check Ezra, it out. Ezra Nuke, that's what that was. Oh, was um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a uh, – I mean, it, it's it's been in the works for a long time. Like we – pre-pandemic and all that stuff, we wanted to 
to kind of, you know, explore more plastics with my line of this and stuff with this craft. So time will tell. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Could we'll be see. a new disc. Yeah. yeah we'll, cool. we'll see how, how everything gets caught up. I'm not sure if you saw on social media, but they're trying to get a third shift. So if you go to Facebook, you can apply at Discraft. Wow. <laughs> and, and you get, and then you'll know you'll have your exclusive right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to sign like a, like a, you're not supposed to tell anyone what you've been working at Discraft that day. Like you can't say what disc you created. Ooh, that's a good question. Is that, is that something, Bob? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You have to be, keep it under wraps. Yeah. That's awesome. And this, there's a question here. It says, what kind of baskets are on my course? It's actually the 18 under the court, the baskets from Deeglo when I shot 18 under. So they were on ESPN and all that. So Discraft actually allowed me to have those to put on my course. So that's kind of special. So no one got an ace today, right? On that round. Say that again. No one got an ace today, right? I was close. But no. So there's no potentially still someone could get the first ace on those baskets. We don't know who it's going to be yet. Well, it's probably going to be someone in here. Well, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping no one gets an ace in the next two weeks, so that when I come back down, close until there's an ace hit. So. All right. <clears throat> okay. So all that being said, Bob, we'll have you on another time. Haley, we'll have you on again. You're gonna have enough wins, and and besides that, you're cool to have on. And then Paul, when you're back up for MVP, you can do your annual in person. All right. And then uh, anybody else have anything they want to say before they go? No, no, we're cool. No, thanks, guys. <laughs> that was very cool of you guys. Have a great evening. Wicked awesome of you to come on, Bob. Yeah, really appreciate it. <laughs> Bye, Haley. Peace out, Haley. Thank you, guys. Um, Hannah, if you're nearby, um, we'll have you definitely back Please in here. Rejoin we, the show. We want to. We do want to do those superlatives for uh, MPO, and we're just going to do it on the fly here, as in like that's what we're going to do. So, um, I think. I'm going to let you, unless you don't have it up, I'm going to let you, do you want me to read the questions or do you want to read the questions? Oh, you might've muted yourself or be muted again. All right. So. Hold on. I'm just. Okay. Here we go. All connecting. Uh, Let's go superlatives. Here we go. Class clown. These were thought up by again, over at the party podcast, Anna and Christine Jennings um, thought these up, but we're going to take them here. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. And they did it for the FPO. And so we're going to do it for we're the, do the MPO now. And this is pretty much just touring players that are at all the PT, TGPT events and everything like that. That's right. So here we go. Class clown. First person that comes to mind. Class clown. Man. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't hear you, Hannah. I think you might be muted. Okay, now no, no, I no, I'm good. I was just setting up my audio. Oh, there you are. Are you back now? Wait, I want to read them. <laughs> okay, you read well, them. Well, we, we asked you that, and then we didn't get anything back from you. So <laughs> yeah, we like, I'm sorry. Okay, no heard. fighting. Nick, you can still stay there. Hannah, it's okay. You're still the guest on our show. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. What um, do you got? Okay, so, Pro Class of 2020. Okay, so really quick, there's a couple rules. You can't use the same person over again, but you can say honorable mentions. And trust me, Christine and I learned this the hard way. You want to keep it as short and sweet as possible. So we're literally so just by answering, names. it does the job. Got it. Go ahead. Did you guys get that? Yes. yes. Okay. Class clown. My first thought is Jeremy Colling. Yeah. I'll go Kevin okay. Jones. Oh. Do you have any, Hannah? Okay. Well... No, I'm not going to play because oh, I only okay. do FBO. So for us, we said the class clown was Callie McMorrin. 
Okay, I don't know her well enough. I was able to film her in Las Vegas last year or whatever year it was, but yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, she will roast you and it will be the best. <laughs> It'll be the best. All right. Uh, okay, cutest couple besides Paul and I. Whoa, I cutest couple. Uh, let's see. I got to think of people, but I probably am going to say Big Germ and his girlfriend Jules because she's just really, really nice and he's just genuinely like, super happy from it all so oh you matt graham said big germ you didn't okay okay yeah. sorry yeah, that's yeah, allowed that's, oh that's a great point do i have to yeah. be strategic here is this like a game like i gotta think kind about of. this a little bit yes it gets really hard um is it too late to say like yuli and waisaki <laughs> no well too early yeah no, or too not. late too early okay whatever you think whatever you think <clears throat> That just happened, said, and, and I don't mean uh, that as in the Ricky Wysocki, obviously. I mean, I, rem- I mean that as in, like, Paul Uliberry and um, Wysocki's sister. Sarah. I forget her name. Yeah. I think it's Sarah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Good and I, kinda, I have to put um, the honorable mention, and this is actually – I'll let Hannah say it because my honorable mention is what they used for their podcast. Oh. Yes, so uh, we chose Kona and Colton. So Kona Panis and Colton oh, Montgomery. Good one. Um, after his really big win – in Waco in 2020, uh, they had like a really good year and it was a good year for any couple that stayed together. Okay. 2020 was a mess. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and also we, Christine and I, like in saying all these, we tried to keep it to people who were active in 2020 and on tour. Um, so, cause it's the class of 2020. So, yes. uh, okay. Most athletic. Ooh, this oh, is always man. such a big debate in the disc golf world. I, I know. Isn't this fun? Is this based yeah. off of like history? Because part of me, like you said, keep it sweet. So let me just think before I answer. Oh, man. I have to be careful because I don't know what the rest of them are coming up. But I'm just going to go. Okay. I've heard a lot of things about Yuli, but I've already used that. So I'm going to go Kevin Jones. Mm-hmm, that's a good one. Hmm. There's a lot of athletic people out there in their different respected also, sports. Go ahead. It helps if you guys pull up the pro tour Ooh, players. That's what, yeah. Uh, we did that yeah. when we were making our list. Cause sometimes you like forget people and you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but I do, I don't know if it's just cause the dude is jacked, but <laughs> I feel like Ezra is just okay. an insanely oh. athletic dude. Yeah. We said Katrina Allen. Um, if I had to pick one for open, I asked a couple of my friends about open and they said Nico. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's really fit. Yeah. I, and Paul's upset that you didn't choose him. I feel like I'm going to have, hold on. I don't I feel know. Like it, I'm going to have Paul for something else. And that's, that's why I don't want to use it. Cause I know Paul is insanely athletic. That's literally why I didn't say Paul. Yeah. But I I'm feel like, like yeah. I know I'm going to have something else that has to do with Paul. I agree. So the next one is most changed. Uh, sometimes when you're in high school, a lot of people will vote the person whose appearance has changed the most. So you're definitely welcome to do that. But I think um, think about the career who has changed the most in 2020. So I would go with that. Okay. Um, really quick. Matt, can you take that on your screen? I still want to read the comments. Oh yeah, Nick's Nick's our comment guy. Yeah. So if you're if you're commenting, yeah. you know, I, I actually can you scroll up in the comments? I want to see who Brody <laughs> commented. Oh oh and oh, he said. Hmm. And I then I'm pretty no. Go back down. KJ USA. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people are down. Brody Smith said. Brody hmm. said, "I will still dunk on you." Oh okay. Oh yeah, Brody Touché. Smith, most athletic. 
Um, okay. Oh, and most change. That's a great one for most that, change. That one is a great for most change, actually, because he went from like low to mid 900s all the way up to 999 towards the end of the year. So I think that's yeah. a pretty insane one. Um, I've, I don't know why. I 30 feel, seconds. I don't know why I'm feeling this. Maybe I'm way off. My brain's just going down this track. I feel like Nico. Am I wrong to say he changed this year? Like, I'm not saying everything. No. I just feel like there was yeah, enough dude. that stood out to me in 2020 that I felt like it was a change. Mm-hmm. So that's for me. Hmm. Yeah, he got a sponsor and he won a pro tour. Yeah, that was a really good answer. I do like that one. Uh, we said Haley Kane because yeah, that's, um, that's just some backstory. Her best finish in 2019 was fourth at Ledgestone. And then uh, this year she didn't finish outside of the top 10, but once. That's so, um, yeah, she had a great year. And I to mean, be clear, I was going, that's literally who came to my mind. And I'm like, because I wasn't, oh, our show, our show doesn't typically separate MPO, FPO, but I realize we're kind of mm-hmm. doing that right now. But like my brain was immediately like Haley King. So yeah. So cool. that's cool. I'm going to say my honorable, little honorable mention is Brody just because of his really fast, you know, increase in skill in disc golf has been insane to kind of like watch and follow along that journey. But I want to say my most changed person is Chris Dickerson because that dude murders it, oh. especially on the East coast with you know, local tournaments and then big tournaments. He's usually in the top five, definitely in the top 10. And then he finally was able to capitalize on a big major. I know he's won the pro tour finale for two years, but for him to win a major, I think that was pretty huge. So I want to say, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Most likely to succeed. Ooh, Calvin Heimberg. No, I'm just gonna. You know what? I got to think. Success is an interesting word. <clears throat> I'm going Eagle win McMahon. Yeah. Wow. I think I want to go. I'm going to change mine. I'm going to go with Paul on this one. Paul Macbeth, because okay. he's obviously super successful as it is, but I think his success is just going to keep increasing and increasing. Mm-hmm. So I think this is where I'm going to use Paul. You guys are doing really good at answering these, by the way. <laughs> like you're giving like the perfect amount of explanation. Uh, so Christine and I decided on Paige Pierce because every person who signs up for an FPO event um, outside of maybe the top three or four, because you can't go into events not thinking that you're going to win, mm-hmm. um, thinks Paige Pierce is going to win. Like she lives in our heads rent free over in the FPO. So <laughs> um, she is definitely most likely to succeed. Plus she had a killer year in 2020. So yeah. um, best dress. Ooh. This is a tough one. I just used Paul. I was just going to yeah. say, oh, too late, Nick. Yep. So I got to think of someone else now. Uh, I already used Big Germ. Crap. Big Germ actually oh, dresses Germ's, really well. That's a good that's one. A big, that's a big honorable mention. I'll say that. Big, big Germ has always matched. Like, he usually, if he's wearing Puma, he's going all Puma. Yeah. So. I feel like there's actually a lot more, as of late, dressing nicely. But yeah. I'm going to give the nod and the tip of the hat to Paul McBeth. That's my answer. All right, I that's a good at, answer. I got to look at pros quick. Give me 15 seconds. Hannah, you know that's what brought you to the sport. It was him being dressed the way he was at Maple Hill. You said, who's that? I'm going to go and find out. You know, you know, Drew Gibson actually dresses <laughs> yeah, pretty well. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Gibson actually dresses pretty well. So I might I might pick him. All right. Well, that's... that's uh, I'll, I'll go Gibson. We went with Vanessa Van Dyken. I don't care if it's raining, snowing, hot, 
that girl is wearing Discraft and she's looking cute. So we had to shout her out. But Vanessa Van Dyken's definitely best dress. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who else was I thinking? But Europeans are always fly as heck. Oh, absolutely. They All right. So, so if I'm going to go Europeans, silver. <laughs> Silver's a stud. <laughs> yeah. They probably watch it. I think they watch this show. Do they? I hope they do. Yeah, I think they watch the like later on. Sometimes but, um, we have people from Europe joining us live, and I'm like, what time of the night is right. it there? So, congrats. Not congrats. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us. Here's a good one. Most likely to be someone's man crush Monday. Kale Lavesco. Oh, yep. Dang. Not because he's mine, but because he's I was just gonna say, Nick. <laughs> Nick, is that your man crush? Oh, he's mine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I uh, oh, I saw man. I saw that question, so I just knew right off the bat who I was gonna pick. Oh, I think man. Kale's a wicked cool dude too. I uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I've never met the individual, but I'm gonna go with Ezra. Yeah, lately I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Just because. I mean, if we're going purely off of what I see in videos and pictures, I mean, the dude is like. He's ripped and he's ready to go. And I'm saying if you're crushing on someone from what you see in social media, that would happen. If you've known him in person, well, I don't know. Maybe that's not your thing. I would think it would have to be Eagle because hasn't he had like two fake Instagram accounts um, like made about him, like Eagle's feet or something like that? Yeah, that's sure. a good point. Well, that's I don't know if that was in 2020. I don't think that was a 2020 thing, though. So that doesn't count. It might have been early 2020. It actually might have been. And, and to that point, Ezra yeah. did get hacked recently. I don't know why, but he did. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there well, you go. Well, we said Jessica Weiss. Oh, yeah. So. Yep. Um, most likely to talk to you the entire round. Can we say Matt Graham? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you didn't play any pro tours. No, I didn't. Mm. All right. Now this one, I actually have to look at who I think potentially. I love how in the comment section, people are going to be like, oh, Calvin. Calvin, definitely. Calvin. Yeah, Calvin. Like just joking around. Chris Dickerson, yeah. Haley King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's tough. I feel like I've been on some cards, like following cards, where I have heard a uh, significant amount of talking. Mm -hmm. Um, See, I haven't used Nico yet, so I'm gonna go Nico. I was gonna say I've already said Nico. Yep. Oh, I don't know about that, but yeah. I would have said um, Kevin Jones. Okay. Oh my gosh, yeah. guys. While you're thinking of this, I have to tell this story. So I did um, sideline or field reporting for the Disc Golf Pro Tour in Vermont. And some of you remember, um, it was a little bit messy, but it's fine. We grow through things. Okay. Uh, well, I was in charge of like talking about the vibes and the weather and just things that you don't know about from home. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I talked about was the chase card. And so the lead card is like Paul rick chris dickerson and one other person i think it might have been james conrad super quiet like you could hear a bug like fluttering by like it was just dead silent so then i mosey on over to the chase guard and kevin jones and company are just like laughing telling jokes i think it was like kevin jones austin hannum everyone is like you know um just like talking laughing the vibe, like just a completely different vibe and kevin jones <laughs> like just talked to them the entire time. And it was just, he was always talking and it wasn't like he was starting conversation cause that's kind of rude, but he was just always yeah. encouraging, like hyping you up, getting you ready. So that would be mine, but it is hard because the later on that you go in the list and in the game, 
like you've used people. Yeah. So that's, that's what, why we do honorable mention. <laughs> exactly. But, that, yeah. That's where no, I'm at right now. I'm like stuck. I'm thinking Dave Felberg, did he play any events this year? <laughs> oh, that's actually, that's a Dave good Dave Texton did, yeah. right? No. No, I said Dave, Dave Felberg. Dave Felberg. Did you hear? Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, so the way disc golf is, and especially in the pro scene, you have people who are really good friends with other people. So if they're on the same card together, they might be a little bit more opened up about, say, casual conversation Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But a lot of times, like, if you have a pretty spread out friend group on the lead card where everyone's kind of, like, potentially friends, but they're not super close, then, yeah, it's going to be a quiet session. Can I say James Conrad? (laughs) No. I don't. But isn't no. it so interesting to realize how quiet the pros are at the top of our game? Yes, it actually. I'm going through it's my head. So cool. Like you don't realize it until you're like having to answer a question like this, mm-hmm. and that even Simon is yes. quiet. You know when he's competing, yeah. and it's just so interesting. Agreed. I'm so, having a tough time. I'm literally um, doing what you just said. I'm going down. I don't want to say the ranks, but I am. I'm going way down. I'm like, I think there's more talkers as you get down lower. But oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know who I would say right now. I don't want to say any. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to offend anybody either. Well, it's almost you, you got Cameron Messerschmidt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that was my answer. Um, I said Stacy Ronsley. She's my friend, um, and she is. Oh my gosh, she's super good, but she is very chatty. Um, and I think it's just her way, like I played her first ever pro tournament with her. And I think it was her way of just like sort of getting comfortable Yeah. and I was totally cool with it. So I think we just kind of chatted the whole time, <laughs> but, um, so I had to, I had to give it to her cause yeah. I was like, yeah. Shout out to, uh, okay. shout out real quick to Brody in the chat room. He's like, I'm not there for the chit chat, LOL. And I think that was so great. It's true. Yeah. Like people who are talkers, once yeah. they get out there competing, they're, they're in a good mindset. All right. Next one. Most likely to forget their score on a hole. And this can be, uh, it can be like any kind of round. You know, I don't want you to think like, who forgets their score on a hole at Worlds? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not that kind of show. Okay, like, let's just relax. Yeah, We're just yeah. having a good time. I, feel- um, I voted for myself because I forget my score all the time. Oh, man. Most likely to forget their score. That... I, this is tough, Anna. I, I feel know, like right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, you're right. I'm not actually picking who I think. I'm picking based off of just kind of like the personality, if you will. Yeah. Um, I've already used a lot of names up. Uh, Screw it. I'm gonna go Ricky. <laughs> Ricky. Um, for, Simon. For, Simon Lazat. No apparent reason. <laughs> It's just, okay, I can see Simon. Yeah, yeah, Simon. But now I, I know I have a feeling your questions are going somewhere where I'm going to wish I had Simon left. Simon silently watches the show, <laughs> so you got to watch out. If you're talking crap about Simon, he's watching right now. No, but it's okay. not like it's not talking crap. Exactly. Let kidding. me give you. Let I only me give wanted you to the, say that because I was waiting for someone to yeah. say Simon because I know let, he's watching. Right let me now. give you the 15 second version. He was on our show. Um, and he himself said something about like scores, like more or less, like he's not thinking scores. Like he says he doesn't yes. remember what he shot three holes earlier. Like once you mark it down, you forget about it. That's where I was going with that. So yeah. Me too. I don't know how people do that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just don't think that way. Some... Or, um, if there's a backup and the person who's keeping score forgets, like before the U-Disc days a couple of years ago when it was just the paper scorecard and your person would forget and they would just like hang out with people in a backup. And then you'd be like, you know, 10 minutes later, they'd be like, what'd you have on that hole? And you're like, I'm sorry, what, what hole? <laughs> yeah, that happens all the time too. Si- Simon said he's deeply offended. Wait, it's, hold on. Oh, he just sorry. texted you. 
Yeah. Anywho. Uh, um, yeah, so I voted for myself. Okay, well, on the flip side of this, most likely to remember everyone's score on a whole. You know what? I'm going to go with Simon because I think he'd be a very memorable person. I'm just kidding. I don't think that at all. <laughs> <laughs> most likely to remember. Um, I you, played with someone last week, Ninos and Disc Golf Pro Tour, who was able to recall everybody's shot, where it landed, and what they shot on every hole for four people. So, like, it, it's a thing. Um, oh, yeah. I it, the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Let me pull up a list while we... Um, I want to say Eagle. <clears throat> Yep, I could see that. Just, They're all so good at it. Yeah, Once you they, get to the top, I've seen, like, Paul himself, he will tell you how, exactly what you did during a round. Yep. And you're just like, how were you, like, what? How? I, how do you have that brain capacity? I think it's, it's kind of cool to see, know. too, because people can be like, oh, yeah, you landed there, 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 you know, and then you tapped in for a four, or you went there to there, you made the putt, and you got a two, or, like, even with OB strokes. I think it... It really comes into play at, say, places like Ledgestone, where you see the pros, maybe they throw mm-hmm. a B a couple times, and they kind of have to recount it. And everyone in their head, for the most part, is recounting it, and they kind of know what just happened. So I think there's a lot, a lot of I good would say, pros. I think um, Steve but, Rico, someone who's been like in the game for a while, yeah. has pretty much seen everything there is to see. I feel like he would be reliable to like be paying attention. Yeah, you know what? Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like uh, what's I I don't I know the like answer. A, like a yeah. Calvin Heimberg or a James yeah. Conrad would would be good at like recalling yeah. the so information. I have to I have to kind of eat my words right there because my good buddy Hunter Thomas actually is completely correct in this statement, and I hate to admit that, but he goes, "Eagle doesn't even know his own score in tournaments, though." Haha. <laughs> kind of making a joke that the <laughs> couple of tournaments that Eagle won this year, he didn't even know he won them. So that's a good point. Maybe he is not good at remembering everyone's score. I feel like I'm just, I I don't know. I'm going to go to Calvin now. I feel like I'm just shooting. No, no, no. It's not everyone's score for the whole thing. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. Uh, Oh, it's a little different in my head. But yeah, um, I don't know. I I, I just have to pick somebody because I haven't picked them yet. Mine's Nate Nate Sexton now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's good too. Oh, Nate Sexton. That's definitely true. I totally saw that from Hunter as well. Holly Finley. Yeah, okay. I yeah, that. that's a oh, good yeah. one. Every time I play with her, she's like, uh, no, ma'am, you had a six, not a seven. And I'm like, oh, well, once those numbers start getting up there, you just, you know. Yeah, exactly. You once you get close to that snowman. Listen, uh, this one's probably one of my favorite. Um, most involved. So I'll go, how would I give my answer? And then you guys can kind of see what we were thinking when we saw this. Um, go for it. Superlative and gave it out. So most involved would have to be Elaine King because uh, Queen Elaine is always very involved. If you are doing a patent pending and your foot is in the wrong place, um, she will gladly let you know so that you don't footfall or mess up. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like, because she's the most winning disc golfer of all time right now, or if she, because she has five world champions or just like her age and her wisdom or what it is. But like, I have seen her do it multiple times where she just kind of gently reminds you before you throw like, Hey, you're not lining up correctly or like get up on your toe. And everyone is super like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like I've never seen anybody be like, Oh, that's super rude. Why are you saying that? Um, so yes, she's very involved. She also always knows everyone's score. 
if you throw your disc off the fairway, she's always going to help you find it. But then she's very involved out of the sport too. And I think sometimes you get those players who just kind of get in and they're very much about themselves um, and they're just very quiet and then they just get out, you know, and she's not like that. She's going to yeah. be there. She's going to be involved, you know, paying attention. So Elaine King. I think I was hoping that you would say, you know, involved out of the sport. Not, I shouldn't say out of the sport, but out of like tournaments and everything like that. I hope that's kind of one yes. of the contributing factors because I don't think I've used him yet, but Simon is definitely one of the most involved people in the MPO division. I think when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, he... <laughs> hold on, hold on. You know, he's listening. Yeah, now you're just gonna butter him up. Oh yeah, God yeah. All right, so Simon, you know this isn't. No, okay. I'm just kidding. Um, I think I think the way he took his whole content creation over the last, I would say, two years, has kind of really grown into the biggest, one of the biggest disc golf channels that are out there right now for YouTube and Instagram and everything like that. So I think his involvement is definitely huge. And there's a ton of honorable mentions that you could do for that. Like, hold on, Nate Sexton, hold on, I haven't gone yet. Yeah, here we go. You can't there's take yeah, it. There's you can't take it. I, I'm gonna go. In my perspective here is Kale LaVisca. I kind of alluded to it a minute ago, but I didn't fully pick him. But I feel like Kale, the fact that he's designed a course, which is great. I know Mm -hmm. other pros are doing that. But then he 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 was the TD. Am I wrong? Or at least the organizer behind the Preserve Open, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like to be touring at some level and to be running a big tournament is significant involvement. That's my perspective. Um, That's my answer. (laughs) Nice. Um. Okay, most, I'm going to skip one, because uh, it's just kind of like, whatever. Or actually, okay, well, most spirited. Ooh, that one's tough, because there's a lot of people up so at the they top. They represent their company, and they're like, if you cut me, I will bleed the colors of this company. Ooh. Like, and I love all of my sponsors, yeah. and if you say anything bad about my sponsors, I will, like, you know, burn this whole place to the ground. Like, those kinds of people who are just like, I am loud and proud. Yeah. Oh, I feel so, like that's, that's so tough in the MPO which division company? because yeah, so which many company? people, yeah, so many people have kind of like flip flopped, whether it was ten years ago no, or five years ago. You want me you know to what? tell you who it is? I got, yeah, go ahead. It's Eric Oakley. I, okay, yep, I yep. was. <laughs> we agree. It's Eric Oakley, fam. So I'm kind of bummed. I actually can't say this person. So now I want to agree with the Eric Oakley statement, but I was gonna say Nate Doss. Because that man has been oh, with yeah. Discraft that man's whole life. And he's just like, man, I love these people. But he didn't play a Pro Tour event this year. But you know what? He's a three-time world champion. I think we can kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. And everyone knows who he is. So I want to go Nate Doss. Nate Doss. <clears throat> That's good. I, I'm trying to think, like, which company tends to have that more perception, like, as their sponsored players. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other topic. I think it's I was going to say, it's DD. Um, I feel like Prodigy is slightly there, but I don't know about the players at the top, top feeling that way. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm going to go with Eric Oakley. I haven't used him either. So mm-hmm. that's my answer. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great yeah, answer. He's, he's always like, he just gets that whole crew going. He's always like, eagle and like yeah. yelling about his friends. He always has just like the best spirit on the course. Like it's so much, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Someone just uh, said, okay. someone just said, what is the plus or minus of how many pros are watching right now? So we've got Brody, we've got Simon, we've got Hannah. Paul's say, in the other room. I would, say, in the- <laughs> I would say eight <clears throat> plus or minus. All right. Interesting. I hope we're not offending anybody. We love everybody. Okay. Go ahead, Hannah. It's just fun. It's just like for fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, most, okay, this one's cute. Um, most liked. 
Oh, my, so my the most liked NPO in 2020. I'm no, oh. but, but so among their card mates, like the oh. most liked. I, I feel like the answer, and I think he only played one event or two. I feel like it's Nate Sexton. Am I wrong? Oh, a hundred percent. I think that's an oh, incredible yeah. answer. All right, I saved him for that <laughs> yeah. for this one. I think I don't remember if I've one. used. Hmm. I don't remember if I've used Nate. He's a great one. Um, I also, I think Euliberry is just a super liked dude mm -hmm. all across disc golf. I haven't really, I don't know, heard any bad things about him. I think he's an incredible guy. So I would say, I oh, said, uh, someone wrote MJ. And actually, I love that oh, answer. Yeah. I actually love People that. Matt love May, MJ. I appreciate that, but I just stole that answer. I'm going to go with MJ. <laughs> Also, I think Jordan Castro is like super unproblematic and yeah. people really like him. Brian Earhart. I don't know. Like there's a lot of names. Oh, Brian Earhart. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. We love Brian. We've had him on and it's a great show. That's one of our most listened to shows right there out of yeah. every show we've done in the last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. That... We said Heather Young. Heather Young. Yeah. Yeah. She's hard not to like. <laughs> Yeah, she's just so sweet and every like she's so um she's still coming up building her career and everything she does. I've only ever seen people be excited for her uh her card mates. So, yeah. She's one of the most insane putters in the world. It's unbelievable, actually. It's very smooth. Yeah. So, uh, for people who are just joining or are coming back like i can't say certain names because i've already said them so just a reminder like there's a lot of great answers here. but we appreciate everyone yeah. giving their answers exactly hunter, that helps me hunter it's really said fun. it's Brody really fun Smith. to like give yeah. these prompts and to just like write them all out um so this one's kind of funny <laughs> so the most accident prone i would say is brody um because he came into the sport and got lime um, and just, you know, did the whole blame the take situation. And then, you know, I, I, every time I'm like, be careful. Like, you know, when he played battle for Bedford, I remember Kelsey, his wife who's like amazing was spraying him down and like tick, tick checking him. And I'm, I've got to give him that most accident prone. I've already used KJ USA, Kevin yeah, Jones, I, but that yeah. epic ace fall down kind of brought that to mind. And I feel like I've seen him fall down mm -hmm. numerous times. I can't say him. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna, that's true. I feel like, and I don't know why it's coming to mind. I feel like Ricky, I'm just going to say most accident prone. I don't know why. I literally yeah, don't okay. know. That's just my answer. Yeah. So I don't know if he played any events this year, but Devin Owens, I'm pretty sure was playing at an event and was just walking and literally snapped his leg like in half. <laughs> so like, that's awful. And then, uh, Eulaberry was playing and. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But that was 2019. That doesn't count. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Also, um, some people that you haven't mentioned for any of these, just to keep it in the back of your mind, is Anthony Barilla, Adam Hammes, Drew Gibson. And um, there was another one that I just thought of that I was like, oh, they haven't even said this one at all. Uh, but I, I forget. So, oh, Philo. No one yeah, said Philo. Philo. Or Garrett Gersey. I'm waiting. So I'm waiting for the right answer. I think it's kind of tough because right, accident uh, is a tough one. Most opinionated. I'm going with Brody Smith. Okay. <laughs> Brody, we love to have you on the show exactly for the reason I just answered. Hmm. I love your opinions. I, I, most opinionated. Yeah. 
So that's that's it's my Austin answer. Hannum. Yeah, yeah, Austin Hannum. I I do not know the individual face. personally. Well, so that's the funny part. Actually, he's big on the Twitter scene now, and uh, he always has these hot takes and everything like that. So yeah, I think opinionated wise, I think Austin's a very good, very good one. Brody Brody says he's not afraid of the backlash. He's been in the he's been in the game for a while, you know, with a lot of people hearing his opinions. He's he's gotten to a place where that's pretty easy for him. Yeah. Um people are saying in the I'm, chat Yeah. People are saying in the chat Paige Pierce. A lot of them are saying Paige Pierce. I think I can buy that too. Um Yeah, I put Sarah Holcomb. Um mm, I think That's a good one. We had to clear this up on our podcast. Um, I think when you talk about like women, uh, certain things can come off as an insult. And I think being like, oh, she's so opinionated can kind of come off as an insult these days. Um, but we didn't really think that. We just felt like she has opinions and she's not afraid to, to voice them, um, especially when like rules callings are made. I know that was like a big thing for women's disc golf this year was like, if you see a violation, like say something and don't be afraid, but it is really difficult sometimes because you don't want to like, you know, affect other people. And sometimes you're not really sure if this person's broken a rule. So yeah. Sarah Holcomb's never afraid to speak up. And I always, you know, respect her for that. And so she, that's why she won yeah. most opinionated. I actually, I really like Hunter's take on this really quick as well. He said, well, um, he said Brody and Austin are the most locally kind of like opinionated, like they, um, excuse me, vocally opinionated. <laughs> Um, but he said 90% of the pros are just as opinionated, just not vocal about it. And I actually think that's a very true statement is behind the scenes. You hear a lot of opinions on certain matters, but um, I would say Austin and Brody are the two most vocal about it. And what's cool mm -hmm. about that is they also, they both take it with kind of like a fun attitude because they know people are going to disagree with them, obviously. And they're both is still willing to put themselves out there. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think there's nothing wrong with having an opinions. Devin um, Schwartz, I've seen having that. an opinions. I was okay. <laughs> I was just yeah. going to say that, Hannah. I you already kind of alluded to it. Opinions are not bad things. I want to make sure no, that yeah, yeah, whether it's a female, I understand there's different uh stigmas. So yes, an opinionated female unfortunately will come off negative and we need to change that. Opinions mm -hmm. are awesome. It's how people react yeah. to them that yeah. usually is not awesome. It's like, hey, that's their opinion. So, okay, cool. For sure. All right. Um, what uh, else you got? This one is fun. Most upbeat attitude. I'm going, uh, ooh. Lately, I just feel like Brian Earhart. Did I already say so him? Sweet. No, I, I said him an as an option. Yeah. yeah, an honorable mention. Um, every time I've ever hung out with Chris Clemens, he's always been an upbeat attitude kind of dude. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I think Chris is really upbeat. That's a good one. Um, I said Missy Gannon. She just mm, has. That's a great one. She's always upbeat. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Most likely to star in their own reality show. <laughs> I already used Nico. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Huh. Um, I gotta think now. Emerson. And, I mean, it kind of. It's kind of funny. I was talking to somebody about this today. Going live a lot is basically like. Uh, you know, some sort of reality show. Yeah. So you got to think about the people who go live, who do podcasts, who like kind of are involved well, in media. FPO, in if we're place. sticking to FPO, it would be Kona. Sure. Yep. That's what I said too. If I, I think, I think it's kind of funny. Emerson Keith, because he takes that's his, what, I, I think I he said Emerson wife, and I got cut off. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he takes, he takes his wife and kid out on the road in this yes. massive RV. And I don't know, it just, if that was a my film answer. crew on him, like about his life. I just think that'd be really cool. That was my answer as well. So we're on the same page. 
<laughs> Jeff Springs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drew Gibson um, would okay. thrive. Uh, yeah. Life of the party. Uh, I have not. Yeah, Calvin. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's gonna. I, everyone's I actually gonna like Calvin. the way Calvin parties. Like it, and I'll just put it up on screen. So, wait, does Calvin, Calvin party? He was here, sitting on the couch behind where Nick was. We were playing a big game on the projector screen back there, and um, we were playing some question trivia game. And that dude is so the same person on the course and off, but I love it because it's just like so relaxing to be around. <laughs> Anthony Barella. The life of the party. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, AB is a good one. AB. Yeah, that's... I would a- say... Um, oh, shoot. I just had it and I forgot. Um, hmm. Who was I going to say? Yeah, who are we all going to say? Oh, my gosh. I just I've already said Colling. I feel like I think honorable mention, that. Greg Barsby. Greg Barsby. I think he'd be a, yeah. Um, he is like, just from the times that I met him, like when I first met him at Pyramids Leagues, he was always just such a fun dude. Yeah. Life of the Party is interesting. Right now, I can't remember what I was going to say. I feel like KJ, honorable to- mention as like a DJ, right? He likes DJing with the music and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have an answer for this one. Life of the Party. I haven't partied enough. I think it would probably be Simon, but we've already used him exactly. so many times. That's kind of where I'm going. We have a lot of questions answered up. Um, I said own Scoggins. Everywhere she goes, people, you know, it's like you see someone on the course for the first time in a while and you're like, hi. Mm-hmm. For own, it's like yelling. Like, <laughs> like it's just a burst of like, you're just so excited yeah. and she's so nice and she's just friends with everyone and um most likely to practice alone i don't think i've used brody yet <laughs> officially <laughs> you use brody like seven times i, I haven't affi- i've honorable mentioned him but i don't think i've actually said you need, you need to use the other name do you guys All have right. mentioned chris, brody like chris seven dickerson times? Right. chris dickerson okay uh oh Oh, I remembered my life of the party was zach melton oh, oh that's a really good one we got that. oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Am I wrong? You know Chris Dickerson better than me. He came to mind. I, I've watched him pot practice, and he was alone the few times I watched him. But maybe that's because no one else think, was around. I think Ricky likes to practice alone. Okay. He usually is going out yeah. alone, um, and I, then he'll sort Ricky of like build his posse as he plays. Mm-hmm. So, got a shout out, Rick. Yep. Um, practice alone. I think Steve Brinster. Okay. Yeah. What about Philo? Oh, that's a good point, actually. Wait. Yeah, Philo's a great. Yeah, Philo's a great answer for that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Most likely to practice alone. Everyone's got their yeah. different times. Some people are. Yeah, yeah, everyone like sort of packs up. It's kind of because otherwise you go through the course too fast, and then it's like you're you have to wait, and you feel like am I rushing? So yeah. for timing reasons, I think a lot of people practice with like three to four people. Um, I think when you go out to a DGPT event, because so many people are there at the same time as you pretty much throughout the whole day that, yeah, if you're not practicing in a group, you're kind of skipping through everyone, which gets a little weird because it's like, well, I can't really throw a ton of multiple shots now. So playing in a group kind of makes that easier. So it's tough to see yeah, who plays by themselves. But yeah, Philo's, have the, <laughs> Philo's yeah, a good one. Disc Golf Pro yeah. Tour like, stats pulled up. Um, Where you see all the names? I pulled up. I've just yeah. I've PDGA, just been up PDGA, just p- top players. You know, top one hundred. Yeah, because I'm thinking even um, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> not Luke Humphreys. He's always with people. With people. But um, oh shoot, Ty- Nathan Queen. I think Nathan Queen sort of practices alone. I know he's with Rebecca, so I think they sort of go out. Um, but uh, Tyler Brickley came in the chat room and he said something really funny. He's like, "Who is?" He's like, "Yeah, but what about most likely to practice being lonely?" Oh, <laughs> yeah. that dude is funny. We'll have you on again, Tyler. Um, okay, so now I want you to think. Um, it's kind of difficult for you, Matt, but I want you to think about this. So you're practicing, and Maple Hill's a good one, Nick Carl. So this will be good. But you're practicing, and maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I can totally clear all those pine trees, and it's going to be totally fine, and you lose your disc. Who is the most likely person to find your disc first? Like, this person sees a disc go stray, and they're, like, the first one in the briars and in the rough, like, helping you out, and they're finding I, My it. answer— For and- me, it's always Katrina Allen. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. If I ever had an Easter egg hunt, she'd be the first person I'd call. I already said her earlier, yeah. <laughs> but like she just she like looks in and she's like it's right there. Yeah. I, and my it's like answer buried five feet under leaves. I've I've played with Katrina once or twice, and I think that's a fair assessment. I've also played with Paul maybe half dozen times or more, and every time a disc is lost, one thing that stood out to me. And it was surprising the first time how invested Paul is in helping anyone that's on his card find their disc. In fact, to the point of like 30 minutes, 40 minutes go by. I've already used your husband, but that's my answer, Paul Macbeth. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, I've definitely played the most rounds with, like out of touring people, I've played a ton of rounds with Paul. And I don't know. He's we'll throw five, six, seven shots on a hole and I'll totally forget one. He'll be like, Oh, hey, did you get the one that was like a hundred feet the wrong yeah. direction? I'm like, dude, totally <laughs> forgot crazy. about that. Thank you for reminding me. So I don't know. Paul uh, Paul's pretty good with that. I would say if I was from what I've seen on tour, I would say Nate Perkins. Um, he's always like one of the first ones to go in and kind of check things out. But the guys are pretty good at it. Yeah. I mean, they're really, they're actually yeah. all very like involved and invested. Can we say, uh, um, I, and maybe it was his own disc, but isn't there that like well-known meme of Eric Oakley in the water at Ledgestone? Yeah. <laughs> at Ledgestone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here we go. Most likely to give a great interview in 2020. Not Matt Graham, not Nick Carl. <laughs> we'll, we'll give it to Hannah. Um, so give, give interview. an interview or be interviewed and have like good yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah, like they yeah. give good answers. The player or right, the interviewer? Give an interview. Okay. Yeah. But when you give an interview, you're like, you're being interviewed yes. and you're giving a good interview. So the player. Yes. Right? I understood that. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Interviewer, um, interviewee. Um, hmm. Someone call my mom. She's an English teacher. Right. Let's see. I gotta go She's down. probably watching. I gotta go down the list right now. I've already used yeah. a lot of good good answers here. Right. Um, again, I would go to. And it's really good because um, this year, I don't know if you guys know this. Those of you who are watching, if anyone's even watching us anymore, but um, <laughs> we've no, got <laughs> two hundred and thirty live right so, now. Nice. Um, yeah, so you can go to the Disc Golf Network if you're a subscriber, and I highly recommend that you do because there's going to be a ton of live disc golf content on there. And people, oh, I think, in 2021 are not worried about hurting your feelings with spoilers. They, mm. So if you don't catch it live, you better not come on the social medias and be all angry. But that being said, um, in 2020, 
Jeff Spring and company did like great pre and post round interviews and they're all on the disc golf network and you can watch all of them. And so like Nico that one time gave a really good interview where he was like, said whatever about the haters and like, um, yeah, there was uh, some gems that came out of those interviews. So, so. we're talking about the player, right? The yeah. player. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm going, about the pro I'm, tour player. okay. Yeah. I'm going with, um, I feel like Philo. I, I, I'm just saying, like that's a feeling I have. Philo, if you were to interview He's him, very, yeah, Philo is really well spoken. That's a good one. Hmm. It's tough. <laughs> like trying to go through it. I'm gonna go with. Um, I think, I think Terry Roethlisberger is very outspoken in the times that I've hung out and talked with him. So I feel like if he was to get interviewed, he would just, I don't know, have a good attitude towards it. Yeah. I um my first interview I ever did for our podcast was Ellen Widboom and she set me up for failure because she was so good and no one has been that good since like I started podcasting. She just is so well spoken and she's so earnest. She is there are not enough adjectives. She just she's a great interview, always is good with the content, very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, we had to definitely put her at the top for that one. Yeah. Okay, I've got my answer is Casey White. Oh, wait, who are we talking about? Most likely interview. Never mind. I'm, is that your answer for the next one? That's my Me answer. Too? Yeah, I'm jumping ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Was I? Uh, you was you could tell by one. by the yeah. answer I just gave. You're like, I know it's the next question. Right. So, all right, let's see if and everyone agrees. The with last me. one on our list of superlatives that we got. Um, most likely to practice in a huge group. Yeah, I, I went with Casey White. I might be wrong, but that's just my my mindset. I'll, I'll go honorable mention as Casey White, but I gotta think <laughs> Zach Mellon is always out there, just playing yeah. with a ton of people. I remember last year at MVP, he was or two years ago maybe. He was with Sammy Streeter, Sammy's dad, Andrew, and then uh, Calvin was there. I'm pretty sure Eric Oakley was there. Tina was there. Paige was probably there. Like, it's a massive mm-hmm. group. But, yeah, I'm going to go either Zach Mellon. That's my answer. But then honorable mention with Casey and Luke Humphreys. Oh, Luke Humphreys. Yeah, he always yeah. has people with him. Uh, I said Cynthia Ricciotti. She's younger on the Disc Golf Pro Tour, but she hit a lot of the events in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, but that girl is always practicing with like six other people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's our disc golf pro tour class of 2020. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's really fun. And I think if you go to like a random Google page of superlatives, you can find one that, um, you know, fits for disc golf or change it and adjust it. And it's really fun to like play with your friends. If you're bored or you're like on your way to the course or whatever, just yeah. to like, get your minds stimulated and thinking about all the pros on tour. Um, that, that was the most, also, yeah, that was the most I've ever thought about also, so many players. There is a question that we thought about. Um, and for FBO, it's just not good content for us to have stuff like this because we want to like support um, the FPO side of the sport because it is so small, but the MPO side is a little bit bigger um, so you can kind of ask the cutthroat ones, like who's the most forgettable MPO. Um, and you kind of <laughs> can come to that conclusion by the ones that you didn't think of until you read their names. Yeah. So if you are a pro and you're listening to this, um, <laughs> we are just three people in a big, huge pool of fans. So don't take it personally, but um, 
yeah, maybe it will motivate you to like put yourself out there a little bit more. Interesting. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So that was a great segment you just brought to us. Again, anybody who's listening, whether it's live or in their vehicle or where they're doing chores or whatever they're yeah. doing, making dinner, if you're you're going to the bathroom, I don't know when people listen to us. Think of these players through, um, but you can listen to other podcasts out there and there's one exclusive on the Disc Golf Pro Tours uh, Disc Golf Network and that's uh, the party podcast with Hannah and Christina. Um, that, that would Christine. be so- Christina. I say Christina Jennings, Christine Jennings, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of these people that I've, you know, chatted with a little bit. I've never met in person. So it's, it's mm-hmm. funny to, to butcher their names like that. Um, so let's, let's do this. As we get ready to wrap up, there's one topic that I thought would be just, it's, it's probably pretty short, but in just a general sense, I'm curious to know what your perspective is on what um, an ace consists of, an ace. And we can define it. It's a hole in one. Okay. That's one throw from the tee pad to the basket. Can we, can we clarify this? That it is not a second shot from the pad to the basket, meaning you miss a mando, you throw it in. That's not an ace. It's a good throw, but an ace is your first shot from a tee pad to the basket. Is, are there any other criteria? Is this only during a tournament? Is it during a practice round? What would an ace be? To you? How would you, how would you define an ace, Hannah? It's, it's anytime you're on the tee pad and you throw it in the basket in one shot. Anytime. So you could stand there, Paul, yeah, Mc, Paul Macbeth style. On... Valley or if I'm in my home course. Okay. So, but Paul Macbeth style, because I was there with Hunter, uh, my, my son Hunter, oh, yeah, hole so 17 funny. red at Maple. It's a hundred and like 50, 60 foot hole. Um, throw That's your nice. whole bag, make sure you ace it a few times. Each of those would be considered an ace in your opinion. Yeah. Okay. Nick, what's your criteria? <laughs> Well, Jeremy Colling said this, I think, back in 2014, but you don't have an ace until you've aced that world, like during Worlds. Ooh. So he technically... I think hey, he I don't have ace. an ace. Yeah, I have no <laughs> aces. No, I don't know. I, uh, like, if it's a hole that's like 140 feet, I won't really count it as an ace. If I hole in one it, like, backyard aces, I don't count. It's cool to do mm-hmm. it. I mean, if you get it on video, yeah, it's pretty fun. But for me, I think if, like, I have no tournament aces, so... I don't know. So I guess my follow-up to that, Nick, is you said you you personally won't count it, but is it an ace? You're just not counting it in your list. Is it an ace, though? Yeah, if it's your first throw from the tee pad or, you know, wherever your marked tee area is, your first throw goes into the basket. Technically, it's an ace. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, good. So here's, I just wanted to get that definition out of the way because you will often see, and maybe it's because I came from the, I say I came from, I did a lot with the junior side of the sport. And unfortunately, there are trolls everywhere. And if you see a junior throwing in a shot from 120 feet or 98 feet, right? And it goes in, you'll see these trolls comment, aha, you know, that's not an ace. It's not long enough to be an ace. So my question. You don't read the comments. No, this yeah. is read the comments. This yeah. was back. I'm talking the junior side of the sport. I, I read those because I'm trying to grow the sport there. But here's, here's, here's the reality with that. I used to go and defend those juniors because the juniors, especially they'll go and read those. Right. And they'll be like, Hey, what are people saying? So, but here, so this is where it gets brought up though, because I don't know if it's a real debate or not, but I'll see it in, in people listening here, check out your Facebook groups, your disc golf, Facebook groups, all of that. Somebody posts an ACE. How about this guy on UDisc? Did you see the guy that got shared on UDisc? He had four ACEs in a round. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. 
that's up here in the Northeast, someone in Maine. Maine. Some of it was a Cali throw, meaning he had an extra shot. Would you consider that an ace? It technically... Yes, still an ace. It counts as a one on his scorecard, and during that league round, they were playing with a Cali. It was an actual league round, I'm pretty sure. Yep. No, it's an ace. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Even it though it was Cali, because on... it was the rule. Yeah. You get to rethrow, it considers it an ace, yeah. regardless. So... I guess here, here's what I'm saying. Some of the shots that came up on that scorecard were like 150 feet. And you would see in the disc golf community at large, people that would argue about, you can't count that an ace yeah. because of the distance. Mm-hmm. So here's my question, just collectively. Is there a distance? Nick, you already threw out a number. You said like 150 that yeah. you won't count. Is there, is there a straight up distance? Is there a distance that you're saying now I personally will count it an ace? Because you already said the 150. So is 160 I it, enough? <laughs> it's it's weird. I guess I'll kind of retract. Nick Carl, I, I guarantee you, if you and I went to Peak View Park in Lynchburg, Virginia right now and you ate, you Hold would time. do this on your instagram no, I no i would and not no, and yes no. you would the, because it is an exciting feeling so, and guess what no. it's an eight because okay. like whole 10 so at peak view where like, you're literally oh, jump zone ace down the hill. or my no. first my first luna ace like yeah. yes you would so well yeah no, so probably this, not when i take an ace now i think if it is like I got an ace with a Luna. I took a picture of it and I sent it to Paul because I'm pretty sure I technically got a Luna ace before <laughs> Paul did. But the, I think the last time that I legitimately posted, it was still an ace. yeah, I think the last time that I legitimately posted an ace picture was oh Barry Falls. That was a short hole too. Dang it. Maybe <laughs> Hannah's right. No, I don't know. I guess I don't know. the question I, the question stems from, and I'm seeing all these live chat yeah. answers come in. Everybody's like, not everybody. There's a lot of people that are saying, like, okay, over 250, yeah. um, 100, and, yeah. So here's here's my point. Well, you guys are too hard on yourselves, okay? This sport, like, it's an ace, okay? Yeah, Just celebrate it. Just take the yeah. blessing, okay? It Receive is. the blessing. Yeah. You did it. Job well done. Congratulations. Just move on with your life. Tweet about it. I will like that tweet. Tag me. At me, I will celebrate you and your 75 foot ace because it's an ace. And I see pros miss 75 yeah. footers all the time. So listen. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't know. There are uh, like there's certain, a great there's, there's certain holes. Like there is a hole at PCU Park, like Hannah's talking about, where it's literally you can jump putt off the tee pad. Guess what? I aced that hole. And, it, and it, I it's posted an it on my Instagram. Yeah. And it's an ace. I think. Yeah. I think certain aces. Where else? Okay, she's right. She's right. You know what? Straight this up, is, okay. it's an ace. Here's, this she is went another from the top area. <laughs> she went from the T area and threw it into the basket in one oh shot. My. Technically, she got an ace. Now, okay. This debating thing isn't that yeah, hard. No, it's not. That, that, that's my answer. You know what? You went from the T area. It's marked on an 18 hole disc golf course. She went from the T area, threw it into the basket in one shot. Boom, she got an ace. Okay, so when you I'm in agreement. You to the course and she gets an ace at Peaks View and you're like, nah, I'm sorry. Like, nah, don't count. That don't count, Brittany. Sorry. <laughs> right. I don't oh, think, so listen. here's the takeaway here. And then I just yeah. thought of a really cool extension of this conversation. There should not be a disclaimer behind an ace. It should there or should there not? I don't think there should be. If Chris Dickerson says, Matt, I have 300 aces or whatever he said when he was on the show, 
after the show, Nick and I didn't do this, but we shouldn't go, oh, he said 300, but that's because he plays all these short courses down there. Like, it shouldn't matter. I think aces are aces. There isn't a distance. I know that's in our show topic tonight, like how long does an ace have to be? Mm -hmm. I think it's any distance personally. Now, as a follow-up to this conversation, because I heard Hannah saying some of this cool stuff, and it made me think, where else does this happen in the sport of disc golf? Where there's a stigma, if you want to be, if you want to say that, there is um, something that you have to do for it to be right. And I think I'm going to say that that goes to, you have to throw max weight or else you're not a good player. Um, you have to yes. throw, right? What is yeah. that about? Yeah. I Isn't never, that I never, interesting? I never understood that one. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. 172 and 175 are, they're flying the same, okay? I had to break it to you. Listen. <laughs> You get a little dirt on there and a sharpie mark, and it's the same way. Okay, I just yeah. <sighs> so so what else? Because I feel like I'm serious when I say that, like the the weight of a disc, and I feel like that's carried over to junior players and everybody else. Now I was playing with I already told you PDGA number forty four. Mm-hmm. He was throwing lightweight plastic, and he was doing amazing. Are there benefits one way or the other? Yes. But is there a, I'm a pro player, so it means I have to throw heavier? No. no. I think you throw what's best for no. you. Yeah. Um, where else does that carry over? Is it anywhere else in the sport where it's like, if you don't do this, like, you're you're not. I think when, when people talk about disc companies. Yeah. Yes. Mean, when people, I mean, there are certain discs that I think would be better for other people. Like, you know, I'm. Hannah and I are Discraft sponsored people. Obviously, we want to talk very highly about Discraft. I think the buzz is the greatest disc I've ever thrown. I want everyone out there who is not sponsored by a different company. I want everyone who I introduce into the sport or who I think could benefit from throwing a buzz. I want them to try a buzz. But some people have this a stigma signature of... signature Paul Macbeth buzz? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think people just get this whole... You know, they get into the sport and they obviously they find their favorite pro and they want to support their favorite pro by supporting the company that they throw. But I think as... If you're an unsponsored person, the best thing that you can do for yourself is find the exact discs that work the best for you. A buzz may not work for everyone. It may not. You might be a rock person because that's always kind of been the two people. Yeah. You're either a rock or buzz or like Matt's always been a comic guy. So, but for me personally, I think that disc selection in the sport is kind of insane. Like people get this idea of, I have to throw this plastic because potentially this person does it or this person said so kind of thing but so if i say like what's bad plastic and this is there are there may actually be bad plastic but brody's Brody's a meteor guy so (laughs) right but here's but here's my my point i guess i think watching yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) i think he's 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 practiced putting while he's enjoying the show I think Nick just oh. made an excellent point, though, and of I just want to. Yeah, you did, and and that's why you're on the show with us. Like, y- you're on here because, yeah, because it's the <laughs> Nick and Matt show. I know. I've always got to remind myself. But I think your point is well taken. It, immediately, that comes to my brain, like, oh, this plastic, that plastic, all these things. Like, yeah, unless you're throwing, and I'll just put it out. No, I shouldn't put it out there. But no, the stigma is unless you're throwing Innova or Discraft. There are others now who are starting to make moves, like quite a few other brands. Yep. But MVP, DD, Prodigy, right? DG, DGA, shout out to uh, Tyler Brickley on here. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great point, Nick. Like, it's not, okay, can I say, because I'm not sponsored, maybe I can say this. We, we watched Paul go from Innova to Discraft. 
Okay. Now, obviously, two very established brands. And people started saying it's the archer, not the di- not the arrow. Yep. And oh yeah, I think that's a very million. Unless there's a disc company that's just making like literally really bad, like cheap cheap plastic, like what you buy on Amazon from the no name brands. Mm-hmm. But in general, that's a great point, man. Like I think there's just throw whatever you want. Don't look down on anybody because yeah. what brand they throw. Mm-hmm. Great point. Yeah, there's obviously there are at this point probably thousands of different discs that are out there. And I think that if you're getting into the sport, try a a bunch of them. Just try every single disc. I know people who have never tried MVP before this year. They started throwing MVP and they're obsessed with it. And now that's all they want to throw. Like I got a buddy who found one of their putters and he's obsessed with it. He loves it. And he throws it really, really well. And before that, he was kind of he was a latitude guy and of a disc craft kind of guy. He found this random disc and he was like, wow, this thing's actually incredible. So I think there's a disc for everyone out there. And uh, you just gotta kind of find what you like. <laughs> and obviously, obviously, people like their pros and people like supporting those certain players. And so there are going to be the people who only want to throw a certain company even before they're sponsored. And I think that's great. But I think something that potentially will happen in the future is I think these mixed bag sponsor players i think if their pro shops big enough to sponsor a player like infinite discs to sponsor them and let them throw like drew gibson can throw whatever he wants pretty much with infinite discs i think more sponsorships are going to come about like that in the future if those kind of pro shops can kind of dish out the money for it or support their tour in a way that they feel necessary <laughs> and i don't know if you have the youtube chat pulled up but I am over here. No. I am over here just like just laughing so much to myself. And I apologize to the live show. But if you're not on YouTube right now, that's where most of the chat's happening. And people are out there like saying like I'm sponsored by Franklin, which is pretty funny to me. Like the Franklin Frisbee. <laughs> um, someone brought up I think it was oh, Hunter okay. Salient. Yeah, and he's Hunter like, whatever happened to those guys? Right. Uh. Wait, he goes salient my right, and then he says something like, "Whatever happened to those people? They were my first sponsor way back." Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't send Paul, you an email. Paul has beat me with a one twenty grand whammo. Yeah, it's probably online. <laughs> anyways, this is you guys are just making right, me laugh. <clears throat> so, anyways, do you have any follow ups on wait that? A wait a second. No, but um, I think you guys nailed it. But okay. I really want to talk about uh, what I'm looking forward to most in 2021 as far as like the FPO is considered. So can I like, can we like dish about that? Yeah, absolutely. Once Matt takes off the Skype oh. um, thing on my screen. Thanks. Why? What's the difference? Just because I like seeing all the views. Anywho, <laughs> let's dish about the oh FPO. <laughs> and this, yes, is, okay. this is the drama. You should see after the show is over how much Nick and I like we put fists up and we talk about it. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, yes, we do want to talk about that, Hannah. That's an excellent idea. Do you have a starting point there? Yeah. So I'm just going to go for it and jump in. Um, so there's a lot of stuff happening in FPO. And I have always had a heart for FPO because I think there's so much content, but nobody talks about us um, as a division because they just kind of write us off. Like if we do something good, then it's like, oh, well, that course was a different layout. So of course you did good. I mean, like, what are you talking about? And then if we don't get enough birdies, it's like, oh, well, you didn't even have that many birdies. Like look at all the orange on disc. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like the FPO division, geez. So we, ne- we can never win, okay? 
Um, but there are some girls and some ladies who are coming up the ranks and some who are there already who are establishing themselves. And I think it's worth discussing. So. Oh, snap. So, <clears throat> Hold on. We well, lost Hannah for one second. And I'm just going to like. Hold oh. on, Hannah. We lost you for one second. Oh. We, we, the last thing we heard Wait, you say. Yeah. The last thing we heard you say was there's some great things you're looking forward to. So go ahead. If you're still there, fill us in. <laughs> yes, I'm still here. <clears throat> go ahead. Okay. So there is a lot of things that I'm looking forward to. Um, did you hear my spiel about the courses and how we can never yes. win? Yep. Great. Um, <laughs> and so in 2021, there's a lot of women that are coming up, you know, and so they've been working really hard. And some of them you, you don't even know yet. And um, I've got to start with, um, obviously, the Mandahano sisters. Uh, 2021, we're going to see the introduction of the Mandahano sisters to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. This is very significant, but I want to break down why. And for those of you who are Foundation Disc Golf fans, I went on their podcast, Grip Locked, and I talked about it with Hunter. And we had a really good conversation but I kind of want to um, share it with your audience as well because uh, I just I think it's worth I think it's worth talking about. You know, it gets into like the different side of a player. Even like Brody Smith right now is supposedly practice putting in his garage, listening to this podcast. And I can tell you that tomorrow night when this podcast is posted, Paul Macbeth will be in our basement um, practicing, doing the exact same thing, but with the post show. Yep. So I think I just. You know, I want to take the opportunity. So that being said, the Mandahano sisters. Um, so why is that significant? Valerie Mandahano. Uh, actually, I'm going to start with Alexis. We'll go in ABC order. Mm -hmm. So Alexis Mandahano is switching to Discraft. Alexis's goal for this year is to just get her first season of professional disc golf out of the way. You know, she's just thinking about getting the experience. She's not going to put, I think she will personally put a lot of pressure on herself and she'll have to kind of learn to manage that. That's a really big deal and not something that people think about. When you play a disc golf pro tour, you put so much stress on how you finish that you actually can play worse um, because you're playing against other people of similar skill set. You might be, you know, traveling for the first time. And you just kind of feel like all, I, all eyes are on you. You know, maybe it's the first time you're in U-Disc, whatever. So for Alexis, obviously she has experience. She played Idlewild last year and did relatively well. But this year with Discraft, her sponsors are pretty much just saying, get out there and you don't have to prove anything to us. We believe in you as a player. We think you're going to do great. Just go out there and give it your best, right? Mm -hmm. That's a great place to be as an FPO, like just starting out, even as an open player, you know? And so you kind of turn the tables over to Valerie, her sister, her older sister, who stayed with Enova. Now, Valerie has this recently been moved up to Enova's star team. And for those of you who don't know, the star team is the highest level of team that you can achieve at Enova. Like it's the highest level of sponsorship that they offer. Mm -hmm. So normally, and when I was on their team a few years ago, the requirements for that was to do something significant. Like um, Jennifer Allen is a star team member and she has a distance world record or, you know, like Nate Sexton's on star team and he won USCGC. Mm -hmm. So you have to do something like that, right? Like win a major, win an NT. 
at least win a pro tour, you know? Um, and so Valerie hasn't done any of those things, but they believe in her that she has been moved up prematurely. So that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Valerie is going to be experiencing touring for the first time, setting those expectations, maintaining those expectations, you know, all of those different things that she brings to the table as far as like her athleticism, her state of mind, like she's very composed. She's very hard on herself, but she also like, you know, she has a good sense of balance, right? Well, now she has peer pressure because I can tell you if those FPO teammates are beating her every weekend or at least a couple weekends in a row, they're going to look and be like, well, why am I not on star team? Like I'm finishing better than you. And, you know, maybe they had been moved down. So that's a lot of peer pressure from her teammates. And then also, like, that's a lot of pressure from her sponsor because Innova is essentially saying, we believe in you. Now go prove us that, like, go prove it to us that we didn't make a wrong decision. Yep. And of course, they're not going to say it like that, but they are going to keep their eyes open mm -hmm. and see how she does. And I think, you know, that's only fair, but... It's good to take these things into consideration because I think when we think of athletes and we think of players, we don't see all of the emotions and things that they have to deal with, right? Yeah. We don't see like the psychological aspect of their choices and their decisions. She is 18 years old. She just got exposed to so many, so many people because she was on our blog and that reached a lot of people. And then she was in a blog in Texas and they played like a doubles match. People know who she is. Then she was moved to star team. So people are like paying attention. It's a whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. So she's bringing all this attention to herself. And now she's got to prove it to everyone. That's a really big deal. Okay. She's also like away from home. She's a huge family person. Mm -hmm. Now she's away from home. She's got to like go on tour, do all this stuff. It's just, it's, there's so much more to think about you guys. Like when you think about these XPO and you think about your favorite pro, mm -hmm. they go through so much stress to try to make things happen. Um, even us. And like, we're super blessed, but like, there are so many things that like you have to do in order to like be Paul McBeth. You know, there are so many, so many things. And like, we try our best to share them with you through blogging, but like, Nobody wants to share the dark things, mm -hmm. you know, nobody wants you to see like the evil thoughts that come in and they're like, well, maybe you should find other work. Yep. Um, that being said, that brings me up to a good point. And thanks guys for just like letting me talk because I'm super excited to like be able to share this with your fans. We, we have uh, our best shows when you're on, so we're just going to yeah. let you talk and it'll just be a win. By the way, as you continue to talk, I just want to say I'm nodding. Yes, I'm liking everything and I'm thinking of like how much more I want to talk about it. So mm -hmm. keep going. Yeah. So um, the Amanda Hanum sisters coming on to the pro tour is very exciting, but I want you to become a fan of them because of how much they're going to go through this year and they're choosing disc golf. Like they are choosing to absolutely go for it. They have prepped themselves. They have waited to get their ratings up. They've waited to get that, you know, experience, the money, the sponsorships. And um yeah, so I 100% like get in now, become a fan, buy their stuff, support them because like you will not be disappointed. But um, so the other thing that brings me to like those dark thoughts of like, Jesus, is this worth it? Should I even be doing this? The Europeans. Uh, we talked, we talk about the Europeans all the time, you guys. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We miss them. Evelina and Hannah have been over here for only a couple of years now and they've mm -hmm. already made like a huge legacy. 
uh, Kristen Tatar came over to the States for five tournaments and she became a United States women's disc golf champion and a Canadian disc golf women's champion. So that's crazy because that's like one continent, two countries. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, Just like that, huh? Wow. And so um, clearly a very skilled professional athlete. They don't know if they can come over here yet. Um, I reached out to Kristen Tatar not too long ago and just asked, you know, what's, you know, what's the mindset over there? Are you still going to be doing this? You know, have you thought about like, maybe I should go into something else? Um, How are you even planning travel right now? Uh, Yeah, she she's just taking it one day at a time and they're just trying to wait for the borders to open again so they can come over here and for everything to hopefully, you know, become safe again for them to travel. But the pro disc golf is in the States. The tour is in the States and prodigy. There is a prodigy disc golf pro open, I think. And they have it in like several locations. And I know Seppo Paiu has like, been very very adamant about growing that and he's a huge prodigy representative over there in finland and so they have a lot of stops but uh it's difficult because there's not as much money and so i don't know how sustainable it's going to be i don't you know i think people would 100 percent sign up to watch the coverage i personally would those women are absolutely incredible and um but the sad thing to me and the, the reason i really really want them to be uh, continuing to come over is because we need these women. They like, they have to come here in order to build their career in order for it to be sustainable. They have to tour in the States. Like there's just not enough women over there that are competing and open for them to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there's so many more women, like there's already more women popping up on their coverage. That's like really, really good. So they're they're just gonna be sending more over. I don't know what's in the water, but like, can they mail it to me? Because like, um, so I'm super excited about the Europeans, but it is important to pay attention to that because these women are trying to decide. You know, is this dream of becoming you know a professional disc golfer, a world champion, is it is it gonna be worth it? Um, I yeah, I think there's definitely a storyline there, which is what you're really good at doing, and by the by the point in the conversation we're at, I'm going, Oh, I'm definitely a fan of these players in a different way. So thank you for putting that perspective there the way you did. I think Mm -hmm. people, it's an interesting take because you're coming from the side that understands it all, which is great because you're communicating that to us. But then Mm -hmm. there's the side of the fan who that's who you're trying to communicate to. But in, in general, we look at the fans and we let the TV tell us the story for that player, why we should or shouldn't be excited about them. Um, but you hit on something else that tells me that there are things that those players are dealing with that aren't going to make the storyline, um, whatever, whatever it may be. And that's also real as well. Like, it's not going to make the storyline a lot of the, a lot of the things and that's what i'm taking away from what you're saying so i think there's like root these players on because you don't know what they're dealing with um and disc golf is at a place right now and i say it frankly and with no disrespect and not everybody's paul Macbeth or any of the top five players in the world like the majority of disc golfers are dealing with a different level of the game it, not necessarily yeah. different competition level but different uh, when Haley king won the the pro tour and took twenty thousand dollars yep 
we asked her on the show, like, what does that do for you? And it's, it eliminates so much of the other aspect of the game right now where yes, sleeping in cars or not knowing if you're going to work part-time, all those things get kind of pushed away, which is nice for the game and that competitor. Um, but that's what I hear you saying is that side of the sport right now, again, not everybody's the top five players in the world, whether it's FPO, um, maybe it's only the top two players, but the point is it's a different game for these players coming in right now, different in the sense that they aren't, fully able to be sustainable and so it's just it's a storyline that you're setting up for us and i really appreciate that yeah i think kind of my yeah. quick take on it is talking you know about alexis and valerie manuhando um especially with valerie's case of going up to innova star team that i think was kind of like innova is giving her you know let's say a contract for her rookie season to get out onto the pro tour and to actually go out and prove herself and i think with that comes a lot of high expectations that I know she's putting on herself and it was obviously putting on her. And um, I think there's a point to where it potentially could be more pressure than what is necessary. But I think that's just coming from the athletic side of your mentality. And, you know, if Valerie places top five at an FPO event, you know, say she wins 750 bucks for placing top five or a thousand bucks. I don't really know pro tour payouts off the top of my head, but, Say she wins a thousand bucks. That's not a lot of money for being top five and, you know, consistently placing top five in your respected sport. A thousand bucks will get mm -hmm. you, you know, paid into the next event, travel to the next event. And then what are you doing with the week of lodging? You know, are you getting a hotel? Are you sleeping in your car? Are you getting a campground, Airbnb with friends? So I think the pressure of that is astronomically high. As someone who, you know, in 2017, I went out on the road because I had the opportunity to with Paul. And I had a means of travel, being in the truck and RV and everything like that. And I was kind of like, you know what? This is going to be a fun year for me. I don't really care about the money. I have it set aside. There's no big, you know, it's not a big deal. But every single time you play poorly at a tournament and you don't cash, that's, you know, a week of no pay. And if I was to do mm -hmm. that now, like, it would be completely differently, obviously. But when you don't play well at a tournament, you don't get paid. You know, and you could be one stroke off of making 300 bucks. Yeah, but I also don't think that you, um, am I lagging? No. Your audio to some people in the chat room is lagging. It happens when the internet has a glitch like it did earlier. You're, unless you recall this back, you might have a little lag. But it, we're, our audio is oh, fine okay. for our podcast listeners. It's totally fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, whoops. So it'll just be like watching a really bad anime. <laughs> like, we can just put up the um yeah. the the subtitles, whatever we want. <laughs> okay, yeah. go ahead. Oh, but real okay, quick, so thank you, thank you to Christopher, not, um... Christopher for a, a super chat. Sorry, I just cut you off. Yeah. It's the Norwegian Kroners, oh, okay. fifty-five Norwegian Kroners. Thank you, Christopher. We appreciate the support. All right, back to you, Hannah. Norway. I really yeah. hope I can go to Norway this year. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, so I guess I, in me bringing all this up, it's important to take this information and just form a deeper appreciation for whatever pro has accomplished something um, was my goal. Mm -hmm. You know, so if uh, Valerie and Alexis have good finishes, you have a deeper appreciation for what that pro is doing. Similar to like Kona Panis and Colton, we yep. talked about them earlier. Yep. They're just, they're grinding, you know, they're grinding it out and they don't have, you know, the same responsibilities as someone with like 
their own house or, you know, a full-time job, like everyone's different, right? Everyone has their own version of balance. And it's not to say you guys should feel bad for these disc golfers because look at what like they're going through because that's not what it is at all. It's just look at what they're accomplishing. And like, that is so cool. Like get behind them and like rally for them. So even for Brody, like, uh, yeah, yeah, like, um, just what he was able to do. Like I was uh, going through some footage of vlogs from like this time last year and I actually beat him in a match. And I remember I messaged him and was like, yeah, we're not going to do a rematch because you'll kill, like you'll crush me. And so, yeah, we're, but even just that come up, you know, and the dedication that that took to like hone in all those skills and people sort of just want to write it off and be like, Oh, well he came from Frisbee. And I'm like, well, you're right but he didn't come from discs yeah. like what the heck so um but there is one more player that i wanted to touch on really quick that i'm looking for like I'm, that i'm looking out for in 2021 um and that's Haley king oh god yeah Haley's staying at my house but i think she went out to get ice cream second, so i can talk second, about right. her yeah <laughs> sorry that reminds me of when i used to have a different employer and they'd send out the company email oh the ice cream trucks in the parking lot and i'm like i'm two states away in like a uh, like a yeah. satellite office thanks for yeah. that email Aww. <laughs> we'll enjoy ice cream upstairs me and nick alone we'll recap the show yeah after so Haley king uh, yes we're uh, we're on the yeah, lookout for Haley king for yeah, sure officially changed like she's just her career has totally changed yes i mean there's no more faking it. You know, there's no more having those bad rounds where no one notices. And I kind of compare her to a Heather Young where Heather had a really good finish at Ledgestone mm-hmm. and everyone was really excited for her. You know, she was right behind Kat and she was pushing and, you know, playing super well, seemingly not making any mistakes. And everyone was super excited. But if she goes on to have a bad finish, no one's going to bat an eyelash. Uh, with Haley King, if she doesn't come out strong they're going to notice, you know, her, not, not her fan base particularly, but you know, the media and everyone is going to notice. And so that's a different pressure in and of itself. I don't think her sponsors are going to notice, but as like, you know, a 20 year old woman, um, actually, how old is he? I think she's 20. Um, (laughs) yeah, something like that. She's now having to deal with, like, she's been talking to Paul a lot just about like business and, you know, all of those different things. Like you've got to think about if this is going to be your career, like you've got to think about your finances Mm -hmm. and what if you were never taught, you know, how to deal with those, um, dealing with the public, you know, not everybody is a social butterfly. Not everybody is charismatic. Like some people don't, they don't think that way. You know, they don't speak unless they have something to say. And, uh, I think that's definitely her personality and she's, you know, getting faced with that. And so she's going to have to deal with those things. Um, but yeah, I just, this was the first off season where she didn't have to have a job. Every single moment of her time could be dedicated to disc golf. And I just want to know, are there going to be any fruits of that? Mm -hmm. You know, are we going to see more pressure on herself because she's like, wow, I finally had the opportunity and I didn't take advantage. You know, what are those, what is success going to mean to her? Like, what would a successful start to her season mean? You know, um, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking out for her and, and seeing her grow mentally and physically. But yeah. So I think, and you're bringing the FPO side, which is excellent. I, again, we don't really distinguish on this show too much. We talk disc golf, but I just found myself starting to go. 
FPO, MPO, definitely a different different thing. And, and that's why you do a specific show. In, in the sense of like when you start breaking it down into the intricacies, for sure. Because my brain started going on the MPO side, which again, pet peeve here, it is not men's pro open. It's mixed, okay? So in general, we're not talking about men. That's not what we do here. But MPO, I think is really interesting. How many players are coming in on the MPO side that are no-namers? that are giving it a go this year coming. Like we don't know because there's, it's not as much exposure on the note, obviously on the no name players, but there are players. And that'd be interesting to find out who are going to tour this year that nobody knows about. Um, But one comes to mind for me that I think is going to be in similar line to what you're talking about um, between the Manduahano sisters and like Haley King, et cetera. Uh, Haley King's on a little different level. She's already kind of proven something last year. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, Ezra, Ezra signing this year with Discraft yeah. to me going from, and I don't want to say no name sponsor OTB is obviously probably took care of him very well, but going from a non manufacturer brand, which we know is significant in the disc golf world, um, to now being signed with Discraft and right away getting all the attention. If you want to say all the attention he deserves, all that he did really mm-hmm. well. He he did put a spotlight on himself through his uh, disc golf play this last year, 2020. Yeah. But is that a player? And this is just just talking disc golf, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is that a player? Yeah. Is that a player who is going to feel everything that Hannah's just been telling us? uh about the other i mean yeah i think momentum is definitely on his side right now and he has an opportunity to do something with it so there's always that right like you know we've said the same thing about adam hammonds and anthony barella too you know the people who are similar to his age um but one question i have is has he put in a full year of touring yet i think last year in comparing him to Haley. Haley has yet to do a full tour. Yeah. This 2020 was supposed to be her first time fully, like from beginning to end on tour. Yeah. And then everyone got sent home. I think that's kind of the same case in Ezra's standpoint to where yeah, I think this I, year I was supposed to be his. Yeah. I think they're in the same boat. Exactly. And I think, you know, Ezra was able to make it into the quarterfinals at the pro tour championships and actually was doing really well. And I think he had a, bad couple of holes at one point or he made it into the sweet 16 then the quarterfinals or something like that but um yeah i think this next year is gonna be pretty insane just watching all these newcomers come into the sport and then people who we kind of have high expectations for like when you see someone discraft promoting or excuse me discraft sponsoring ezra and then having him go straight to the elite team you're kind of like you have these really high expectations of ezra now and you want to know you know what's he going to do this year so yeah. yeah i agree so i don't know i i don't know i i guess i just found myself thinking both well, we don't know that's why we're that's why we're thinking about like yeah. who are we looking out for exactly. in 2021 yeah i think it'll be interesting because if discraft saw the talent that ezra's bringing um they and they're like this is it and they they put in you know they they're investing here in the player and he does amazing then they win and so it is uh obviously ezra and yeah. that's 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 the way it goes in the sport. They you try to make your guesses who's going to do what. But I think for Ezra's sake, to that point, he hasn't won anything significant yet. So, um, I, mean, I mean, right? Yeah. When it comes to, we think significance is only in the disc golf pro tours, the national tours, and the majors, which I get. 
at that professional level, that is a significant wins in our sport. But I think you can also take A tiers or as significant wins, especially if the field's big enough. Like I know Alden Harris had an incredible win over at the Music City Open, which had Dickerson, Melton, a bunch of these big time pros. And then Ezra, I think, had a couple A tier wins this year. Casey White had a couple A tier wins. And all these different players who are the up and comers in our sport right now, they're not winning pro tour events yet. But at the same time, like, they're on the up and up. Did you go to Dairy Queen? <laughs> can we oh do God. virtual? Yes, I'm still on the podcast. We're dishing about FPL. Yeah. Can we, can we virtually <laughs> do? I think maybe I need to go. Yeah, you do. Vir- virtually <laughs> hand over the Dairy Queen. That'd be excellent. Um, yeah, let, let's wrap it up. I just wanted to say, I don't want to, I guess, kind of feel good story. Wasn't it really cool this last year? Um, seeing as we don't have much news to talk about, really cool last year with um, what happened for Will Schustrick, his family, his wife, and his new uh, mm-hmm. child. Like seeing the disc golf, I say disc golf community, and I know Brody's in the chat room. He's like, what's a community? What's a disc golf? Yeah. But here's the deal at the lower level and at the higher level, everything that the Schustricks have done, I think it was really cool to see the community come behind that, support that in a way to help somebody. And one thing that I just thought of that stood out in the news element. Uh, Will, just getting voted in to the board of directors on the PDGA last year, resigned his position because of everything, I'm assuming, that was going on. And they just filled his spot with whoever it was that got the third most votes. So just in I I wanted to say that in like a feel-good way, in Mm -hmm. the sense that like it's working Mm -hmm. out for him. He's taking care of his family. And um, that's really cool to see. And then we need feel good. We need feel good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think after the year that we all just had and we're kind of going into this next year with high expectations and hoping, especially in the disc golf area of life that, you know, everything can go smoothly. You know, people want to watch disc golf and people want to play disc golf. So hopefully we can be the people that are going to be able to safely do that. I'm, I'm excited for it. The disc golf network is doing all these crazy things right now. And I think especially with live disc golf going on this year, I think it's going to be the biggest year in disc golf ever right now. When you have national tour events, pro tour events, all under the same roof of live broadcasts and everything like that. It'll be insane. It's going to be, be a it, it will. I agree. That's not yeah. a hot take. It'll be the biggest year yet. Yeah. Last year was the biggest year. In a weird way, last year was the biggest year during COVID. And that tells me, yes, mm-hmm. as we start to move out of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, is there anything you wanted to wrap up? Otherwise, we're going to let you go and enjoy your the rest of your evening. Um, yeah, so, um, the way that I ended my podcast with Christine was I just gave some advice on how to make your surroundings less stressful in ways that we do, like things that we do to combat stress in our lives. Because I just feel like post holidays and, you know, I don't know, January can be kind of a bummer. You know what I mean? So we're just, uh, we're looking onto the, the next year. And one thing that I've been doing for myself has been just um, choosing a day of the week for something. And so on Sunday, I clean my bathroom and my bedroom. On Monday, I go to the grocery store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On Wednesday, I wake up in a panic because I forget about the trash. It's just getting into like the routines. So that way, if it's um, Thursday or Friday and you've got a bunch of stuff um, going on, you can always be like, oh my gosh, my bathroom is a mess, but I know it's going to get taken care of. I don't need to worry about it. And that has been a huge game changer for me. I am 
a young married woman trying to move into a house and my husband's a professional disc golfer and our version of balance is really crazy. So um, having that mentality of like, okay, I don't need to worry about that. I can sit down and edit because, you know, I'm a, it's not Sunday. I don't need to worry about that, but it will get taken care of. Um, that's really helped me just compartmentalize all my stuff. And um, also just, don't be afraid to like put the screen down and just stare at the sky and just like think your thoughts, <laughs> you know, um, I think that can help you too. You, so that's it. Think your thoughts. Yeah. I think Brody Smith said that actually. That is a great, think your thoughts. I, this is it. Our show sometimes gets weirdly personal, but like between me and my wife last night, I said to her, she was sitting on a couch next to me. I was sitting on the lazy boy watching TV. And I said, you know, one night a week, we should like shut all this stuff down, go in bed and just read a book together. Like not like not like a whole book reading, but like is, I is should she, read. Is she, is she gonna read? To yeah, you? she can read to me yeah. like a nighttime story. <laughs> no, First but of all, Stephanie is so great. I love her. Yeah, she's she is awesome, and uh, we're gonna be coming up on our 13 year anniversary. It's it's it's. Oh my wow. gosh! Congratulations! Yeah, it's it is oh. insane. Four boys. Yeah. Someone said like, "Oh, Hunter's your son." Like, as in Hunter Graham, obviously yeah. not Hunter Thomas. <laughs> yeah. And they're and they're like, "No way!" Like, you don't look old enough. All that stuff. But I guess yeah. what I was saying in relation to what you just said is like, yes, to alleviate stress, everybody like take a moment. It's okay to to put things down and just it, literally, if you take five minutes, it's not going to ruin your life. It's going to help better your life. So yes. I've noticed as like a content creator, one of the hardest things is you just feel like you always have to produce. And I did gardening over quarantine and I learned a lot of lessons. And I guess the last piece of advice before I go eat taco salad and apparently some ice cream is because um, we need balance. Okay. Yeah. Um, is that you can't always produce. Like sometimes you're planting the seeds. Sometimes you're like watering the garden and then sometimes you're um, – harvesting but you can't always just be harvesting like you have to do the work in order to get to the harvest part and that applies to anything mm. in your life like exercise sleep um taking care of yourself like you can't just like be good at it just because you decide to like go for it especially disc golf like just because you're like oh i've been working on my putt for a month where is it it's like well you can't just like you have to put in the time yeah you know so be gentle with yourself, be gentle to others. And we're all going to, we're all going to be all right. But um, exactly. thanks so much to all of our fans. I really love and appreciate all of you. And just, I'm so thankful we live in a time where I could be excited on the internet and you guys can be excited <laughs> about random things on the internet too. Um, yeah. Well, shout so, out, shout out to uh, you and Paul's YouTube channel. The latest episode of Paul's local route <laughs> wow. just dropped. Wait, and, wait. Uh, who's, so go who's check one that, that out. Who, who's in that video? No, Paul, well, Paul and Hannah does all the editing. So it's yeah, insane. but who's in that and, video? Uh, anyways, <laughs> go check that out later. And I, um, yeah, nah, it was super fun. I was fortunate enough to be. Hannah here. has the L on her forehead. Everybody yeah. listening. L, later. L for love. You guys ever seen Dodgeball? <laughs> L for love. No, no, no. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Thank you for coming yeah. back on the show, Hannah. Um, we truly appreciate it every single time. And I don't just say this. A lot of our comments are that that you. You, especially on that second or third episode, was a lot of people's favorites. Um, so we imagine this will be very similar. Yeah. And um, we hope people enjoy the content. 
definitely uh, we support Hannah and everything she's doing. And I think I think in about 23 minutes, everyone's talking about the show Mez going on right now. So go over to the Joe Mez boys. Check we're the out pre-show. Show. Yeah, we're the pre-show to for the a show Mez. For a little bit. Yeah, we appreciate everyone coming on tonight. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to figure out who we got going on for next week. And uh, we'll be back anyways. Everyone have a great week. Tell someone you love them. And we'll catch you in the next one. All right, everybody. Peace, Peace. out. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Nick and Matt Show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social platform and subscribe on iTunes.